never know. Break down the most recent Raw episodes. Welcome to Raw! Is that show where the penguin uh, escaped and went back and taught them all how to dance? Melton! That's right. Welcome to another episode of Raw is Melton. I am Hibiscus Jim Sanders. And I'm Jason Melton, uh, the guy whose name is in the show. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we are going to talk about another episode of Raw, one of which that I have seen. Jason, you have not seen this episode, correct? No, I have not. And uh, we both... And made... I don't think I have any spoilers or anything. I'm, ready to, I'm rearing to hear what happened. We are your type of internet wrestling fan who does not think that they are in the know. So it's a very unique yeah. way of looking at things. I mean, we definitely have our strong opinions. We're going to give our opinion. But we don't know shit. And we're letting you know ahead of time our opinion doesn't matter. But it's just the, the fun of being a wrestling fan. And you, and you know what? I found, like, I found out that people read these like yeah. Kurt Meltzer reports and believe all the backstage <laughs> drama and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Is his name Kurt Meltzer? No, it's... Uh... <laughs> Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer, yes. Uh, you so, made me forget it for a second, which is pretty good. <laughs> Kurt Meltzer, who is that? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Kurt Metzger, who is a stand-up comedian. Oh, my bad. My yeah. bad. Kurt Metzger of his podcast, Race Wars. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, now yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. But no, the, way, the observer, sorry. Dave Meltzer. Yeah, once you read his dirt sheet, yes, then you know everything about the business, and Here's you my- have all these inside sources. So there's sort of so many ways to approach wrestling, and I always I, – I, I guess I'm a mark for myself in that I think we approach it the best way. Thank you. Yeah. Like, we're just like, okay, here's what they're – we don't try and understand wrestling any more than what's happening on the show. At best, we're just trying to enjoy it with the maximum appreciation, and at times, we don't get that, which yeah. is, yes, why we may sound similar to other wrestling fans who think they know everything – but uh, we keep an open mind. Yeah, I hope. That's I, maybe the goal. We, I don't know. Yeah, I mean Roman Reigns, open mind. I've got a more open mind to him nowadays than ever. I might. I mean, it might even be that shit where he's just been forced down my throat so much that I'm accepting it now. Yes. But I don't know. I I like I like certain things about him. Well, I mean, we don't have to get into that right now. But I we, like less things about him than I. We hate. will be getting into that. Um, soon in this episode of raw i assure you and uh basically um what i want to say to piggyback on the kind of idea of what you know our views are and this idea of like viewing the sheets as the uh end all be all is like we've been hearing all this rumor about you know um heat on enzo or emma being buried yeah yeah you know the these you know why we see certain things happen on TV that sort of thing, and uh, this was a week this particular episode that blew up everybody's perceptions. So oh, it's going to really? be an interesting episode to get into and an interesting way to start off this episode, uh, considering what we'll probably end up discussing. But again, it may not mean anything to you, Jason, and the show's uh, perspective, considering we don't really like to go into that stuff anyway. So, but right. uh, there the was backstage stuff exactly. So I don't mind going into it. Like I'll get what you heard, yes. but I we got to keep it at arm's length. Yes. You know, you don't know. The only thing you know is what they present to you. That's right. The mm-hmm. only th- that's the only thing you could know. Yeah. Everything else is rumor and and like we heard from other podcasts, 
people manipulate that stuff to, because they're trying to be political backstage. Yes. And they might bl- say this is a conflict that happened and it turned out it was not anything significant. You and, know? you know, and also, you know, we because may... they're trying to bury someone or pers- push someone, you know, we'll bring in some news topics when they're appropriate for the people involved in the stories that we're discussing. But yeah, I mean, I think delving into rumors and like you said, just the straight, um, you know, thinking that, uh, you have some larger vision or knowledge of what is happening. Uh, it's it just foolish to get into as a wrestling fan. So, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we can't try to appreciate it. Uh, you know, um, in a well-rounded way. Yeah. All right. With that being said, wow, we are ready for this episode of Raw. <laughs> I tell you, aren't you guys really stoked now that we said all that for this episode? Hell yes. yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> with, with the proper reverence, we bring you Raw's Melton. Uh, man, oh man. Uh, should we say how we are? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Cool. I'm okay. I just started a new job, and that's pretty harrowing. Uh, a trainer at my job, uh, his name is Daryl Hall. Whoa. Yeah. And so. Isn't that the guy from Hall and Oates? Oates. Exactly. <laughs> so it's Is he pretty named exciting. after him? I don't know. Yeah. But it's something I think about asking every day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a nice little thing I keep in my pocket to myself. To Didn't Daryl Hall have some TV show where musicians yeah, came Darryl's to his house, house and jam? It's called Daryl's House. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I want to do a copy of that show. Yeah, I think it's the coolest fucking. It's a fun show to watch. You know, the best part about Daryl's House is in order to get the sponsorship, they worked in a cooking segment oh. on the show. So not only do you see Daryl Hall bring other famous or notable musicians in to jam with him and do a few different songs and tell stories, but they make a dinner together and eat it in the same episode. Dude, if you wanted to work on that, I would do. I would help you. (laughs) It's a great idea for you. If you, I was thinking about just copying it. I think (laughs) that would be great. What if we did like yeah, like a punk version of Daryl's house? Yeah. Well, my middle name is Daryl, but spelled differently. So I thought about Daryl's house. Daryl's house. Seems like a fucking parody on Atlanta or something. <laughs> yeah. The black version? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's funny. Uh, mine would I would be. fucking help you. And we would, and I imagine we would live stream it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. how, well, that's reason. how Daryl's House started. It yeah. was uh, only an internet show. But then they were able to sell it to uh, several networks across the country. It's pretty cool. I'm a fan of Daryl's House, if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that, but it sounds so fun to like. We could set up like a couple cameras. I mean, I don't know how to do more. Than, That's uh, it. I mean, we could set up one camera, maybe. I don't know, two cameras. You know what I'm most envious of on that show is that, like, you know how it's hard to jam because it's like everyone kind of has to have the same knowledge of things, you know? Yeah. Or at least be able to pick up on it and go along. Well, dude, they have these fucking monitors and everyone's in a room. So it's like this big circular thing where everybody can see each other and everybody has monitors that are going through the same notation so you know chords and lyrics are just all in front of you as you play and obviously you know you could set that up yourself i'm sure yeah it's not hard if you have several screens and just i feel like we would just improvise jam improvising jam is cool too but they actually on the show play songs together which is something i've always thought was cool too yeah um i guess you could do do whatever yeah, yeah. you know it'd be whatever it is but uh that's what I'm most jealous of is those monitors. Like, God damn, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think they has like just a technology on whatever. We're going way off. <laughs> yeah. This is a wrestling This is podcast. like super fantasy. Of a... <laughs> but dude, I would love to do that show. 
All right. Well, if you guys want to... And I would do the t- cooking segments if you want. Or you know cooks who would be better at it. I would... Jason, of course you'd be welcome to do a cooking segment. Well, Are you serious? I appreciate it, but you know people who would be better for I a cooking I do know great people for it. Me. That doesn't mean that different people couldn't do it. And you would definitely be... I like cooking. So. You have your own recipes. Yeah. 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 So, of course. And anybody who's been here for I have a, a wrestling I have a Microsoft event, Word doc called Jason's Badass Cookbook. <laughs> And that'll be in stores when? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's mostly should I Googled, you know? <laughs> cool. Well, no, anybody that. who's been to a wrestling event here, uh, you know, knows that you make wonderful uh, appetizers and uh, meals. So yeah, man. That's, that's no doubt. Um, with that being said, uh, if you guys want to contribute to our Patreon, uh, <laughs> you know, we can make these dreams a reality. Of course, you can reach us at our Patreon on Twitter at... Day in Wrestling, D A Y I N Wrestling. And I think your Patreon is at Captain J Melton yeah, on yeah. Twitter. I think you're mixing up what a Patreon is. <laughs> I don't. Is, but yeah, that is, is my that Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you guys want to shoot us a Patreon, just go ahead and do that. The, the Twitter is probably the best, but uh, don't even bother with the email. It's all about Patreon now. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Imagine having a paywall. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah. Um, appreciate you guys if you, uh, if listening you, to our podcast. If you, if you want to Venmo us money, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, you know, that's our Patreon. You get exclusive conversations like, does Game of Thrones make you gay? <laughs> Not like make you in a negative sense, but like actually turn you into a homosexual through the watching. Through the homosexual scenes. We're not getting... What about the incest scenes? Well, we're not going to get into Does it make you now. incestual? Again, yeah. this is all through the Venmo you Patreon have to, super site. There's a paywall in between us figuring that out. <laughs> you can hear the conversation where we figure it out, how it works. Yeah. Um, any case... Um, Get past all that nonsense. Go to the 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 heat of the meat, raw. I think we should just get into it. The heat of the meat. Let's get into this goddamn episode. (laughs) (laughs) This has been the weirdest, most meandering beginning (laughs) to a show. They all had to start somewhere. Yeah. Um. With that being said, we'll have several things. I felt like this is a great place to start because last week's episode was such a non thing that we're kind of in a way starting fresh almost again. I think you gave last episode enough. Yes. It was <laughs> uh, one of the lowest episodes and we go back to this is we've been doing this for a while now so we've we started pretty bad in the beginning. Yeah. But even back in the beginning, I think you had lowered your standards a little mm-hmm. bit. Yes. Because you just the I think they didn't have enough talent and stuff when we recognized that. We were like it's kind of like we know what you got, so how good can you do with it? You know, we won't like, I feel like your scale isn't like, literally the top guys back when we started this were Sheamus and Roman Reigns. That's right, yeah. And they had like no one else on the roster. I think Dean Ambrose might have been there. Uh, He was like coming up. Struggling to even be worthy uh, to be in that position. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler was like a major guy. My heart was broken. We started this podcast after already I had lost my love for Dolph Ziggler. So, so, yeah, that's, that's some rough times, but you're so, right. So, I mean, like, we were, like, giving them this... I think they were just, like... I mean, those are good guys. They're yeah. just not who... They're just not, like, the top guys. Like, our last main event was fucking Lesnar. Yes. Uh, Roman, Braun, and Joe. Like, those four guys are fucking giants, yeah. you know, compared and, to and, and these other guys. Uh, you know, you could say... Basically... Not to shit on, you know, Dean But Ambrose nowadays, the people have been put in a position to... 
not not across the board. Obviously, we can get into several positions where they're not. Yeah, uh, women's division especially. But point is that there are stars who are being treated well, and stories are uh, being positioned in a way to succeed. Yeah. So, uh, man, so, it feels weird saying that, knowing so, what we're about to get into. Also, that being said, they should not be getting an F now. If you know, yes, back in the day, exactly. they were working with yes. less and yes. doing slightly better. I don't know. Well, let's face it. The F was definitely because they said, we don't need this episode. We don't have enough. And let's just, this is a throwaway. So last week was a throwaway. Uh, We're going to hopefully get some things going this week. So with that being said, this episode of Raw comes to you from Memphis, Tennessee. Woo! Yes, this is probably a big wrestling town, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because of Jerry Lawler. That's right. Memphis is uh, representing. And, um, are they like a smart mark, or are they pretty... Uh... I think they're down the middle. I think that they are a lot of like passionate wrestling fans in that way, of yeah. the internet sort. But also, I think that they are more open-minded to uh, a more mainstream type of superstar. Yeah. I imagine there's a lot of old-school wrestling fans, too. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. People who like super kicks and punches. Yeah. Um, So what we know going on tonight Is that Sasha Banks will defend her Raw Women's Championship Against the former champ Alexa Bliss The time is coming uh, tonight Okay. Also uh, We know that both Brock and Braun Are in the building Whoa So let's see how that goes Because No Mercy is coming up right No Mercy is coming up And I have the network now And the picture on the network Advertising No Mercy Has Braun and Brock in the picture. You think they're going to wrestle at No Mercy? Um, Has that not been established? It's just a picture of their two faces, and it says No Mercy. I believe on the that network. that's been established. It has been established. I think that's been established as like before this episode of Raw that those two will be going at it at No Mercy. Braun is going to be getting a shot for the championship. Well, that's cool as fuck. Absolutely. And now that's a big match. I think they carried the fucking last match. I think so. it's crazy. You know, I think maybe you're building off of it because it's so hot right now. Yeah. But that's what makes it almost like concerning because it's like you almost want Braun to be built more before you take him to Brock. But I guess that depends what their plans are. I, I got it. You DQ it. You have no finish. That could and happen. Then do it again at the next. It's, we have and, a show called No again. Mercy. I mean, the thing after No Mercy would be a month after that. Hell in a Cell. There you go. Braun so and, and Brock, Hell in a Cell. I that's think, a uh, hell of a match, I'll say that. Yeah, so. I think that's what you do. <laughs> All right, so definitely excited about these types of thoughts, uh, and that's even before this episode. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with that being said, we love to ask every week, Jason Milton, how and who kicks off this episode of Raw? Uh, I believe it will be, let's start with Brock Lesnar, huh? Mm, that's usually a great way to do it, and they tend to go that route, but no. Not this week. Uh, how about Braun, then? No, no. Uh, Roman Reigns. No, but I would love the idea of Braun Strowman coming out and cutting a 20-minute promo to start the show. <laughs> Such a miscalculation. Oh, yeah. That is fun. I never really thought about that, that the intro segment is 20 minutes. It's generally, yeah. It's about like, 20 minutes. Generally a 20-minute promo. I mean, But think people about will interrupt and stuff. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. like the opening monologue of SNL. It is. Right? It's essentially the same you have one guy. You have the one star come out, and then sometimes they have other people interact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, no, this uh, particular star-studded episode is coming out with The Miz, Maurice, and The Miz Taraj. Okay. Who, uh, you know, they uh, have something to say here. Now, I didn't quite notice it at this point, but it's worth saying here that we hear commentary 
Michael Cole, Corey Graves, but no Booker T this week. Uh-huh. And uh, what we hear instead is Memphis's own, the King, Jerry Lawler. That makes sense. Very cool. I was like, what's up with this? Yeah, I was like, why is Jerry Lawler doing it? Like, oh, they're in Memphis? Is that why? This is super cool. Yeah, well, it must be just that, right? Well, no. Actually, of course, uh, Booker T and his family are from Houston. Oh. And they are being affected by the horrible uh, tragedy of the uh, Hurricane Harvey. Hurricane Harvey. Uh, so we obviously wish anybody down there in uh, that area the best of luck. And, I feel uh, like it's that's a man's name for once. Hurricane Harvey. Mm. You think that that was maybe somebody made an issue of that? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like I know people are drowning, but there's a problem with the gender of our hurricanes. Hey, I reject <laughs> your notion of the na- like the gender roles of names. Yeah, Jason. All right, Sandy, uh, and then uh, Katrina are the last two big ones. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. There's been other ones, of course. Anyway, who's to say that Sandy can't be a man? Is that true? Is there, are there male Sandys? Yeah, there are male Sandys. Okay. I'm one, actually. You're what? A friend of mine calls me Sandy. Oh, well, that's not... <laughs> My mom's name is Sandy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sandra. <laughs> Sandy for short. Same syllables for some yeah, reason. Right. Sandy. <laughs> that's a weird name. <laughs> like, adding a Y to words. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Hurricane Sandy, try Hurricane uh, Really Wet, because it's, it's everywhere with all this water. Man, being thrown around <laughs> yeah, why by they the... Just, why don't they just call it what it is? A wet, windy storm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. All right, so, but yeah, uh, our thoughts and prayers. Any case... Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're praying for you. Yeah, <laughs> Booker T is not there. Uh, yeah, but good luck is, to Booker T. Yes, good luck to him. I feel like he could mop it up with his dreads. <laughs> with a one spinneroonie with his hair <laughs> let out. <laughs> that would be like a great like Dude, if... he really would become the mayor of Houston after that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then onwards toward the presidency. It's gonna be literally <laughs> it's gonna be literally idiocracy, the movie. Literally idiocracy. I would just love that moment of like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. Can you dig it, <laughs> sucker? <laughs> no, yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. I mean, if Trump can grab people by the pussy, then Booker T could call Hulk Hogan the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is just a string of sentences that are just insane. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, we're willing to tolerate anything in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting bad. It's yeah. getting really bad. Um, let's see. So you know what? They do some hype on commentary, but we kind of already went over that. Miz is making a point now, and literally before he can get into an entire sentence, Kurt Angle cuts him off and comes out. And uh, Kurt Angle says, "You know, Miz, I think I know what you're going to say, and that's that the." You know, perception of the Intercontinental Championship has gone down in status. And Who's going to say that? He he thinks that's what The Miz is going to say. Miz said that last week, of course. Who has the Intercontinental Championship? The Miz. Right? Why would it have gone down if he's holding well, it? Well, Miz made the point that, you know, last week with John Cena oh, and Roman Reigns that, you know, here we are, you guys are getting another opportunity, and the Intercontinental Champion is riding the pines at SummerSlam. Yeah. And I thought that was a great point. 
It's 100% a great point. Yeah. Do you think they did that on purpose to give him a promo, or do you think that they just don't care about The Miz? I think it's an afterthought. I really think that Miz has to keep bringing it up because they just don't see him as somebody they're going to put in a good position, which is sad because they have him... Look, he excels he's, at all, had, the, all the interviews. They sent him out to do fucking promotion. Hasn't he headlined promotion. WrestleMania, too? He's headlined eventually? WrestleMania, yes, yeah, yeah. against John Cena. And, you know, um, that was at a different time in The Miz. Now The Miz is excelling on every... He's, he's, he's banging on all cylinders. And I think they need to give this guy a second chance in the main event. You know, it put him in the position to build up to that. But for now, he's definitely making the right point of, like, here I am, basically giving people an interest in this belt, which you so often just throw off to the wayside. And you are now literally, you put me on raw to what be in these like side programs. Yeah. I I think it makes total sense. And he's making a point. I wonder though, has the history of the intercontinental belt kind of been like that? It's been up and down, but it's had extremely great periods in recent times. Not so great. Not so great. Yeah. It's like Dolph versus The Miz over and over again, right? Yes, yes. And that was supposed to be a good thing. So I don't <laughs> but know that why. was the beginning of when The Miz brought it back up in prominence. And at that point, Miz was only uh, a six or seven-time Intercontinental Champion. Six or seven times? Yeah, I think if he loses it and wins it again, he'll actually tie Chris Jericho for his nine-time record. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Honky Tonk Man is the... Uh... The all-time, he holds it for the longest amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, actually. I uh, just uh, on the anniversary was about two days ago. I watched SummerSlam '88, and uh, that's the same time that Ultimate Warrior beat the Honky Tonk Man for the oh, really? Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. So did he take a guitar? No. Yeah. Well, he had one. He didn't. I mean, did he hit him with it? No. 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 Okay. Well, the idea. Just I don't curious. know if you know the legendary story, but uh, Honky Tonk Man was the longest reigning champ at that time. He could beat anybody, and he had a challenger. Let me see if I can remember exactly who it was. Fuck, who was it? I can't quite remember now. But in any case, they were too injured. Like, they had some injury that prevented them from showing up at SummerSlam. Uh So Honky Tonk Man got cocky and was like, I'll fight anybody. Anybody come out and I will defend my Intercontinental title. The crowd is kind of waiting. Nobody knows who it's going to be. All of a sudden, you hear the Ultimate Warrior music, who had only been on a winning streak on TV up to that point. So he's only kind of facing guys on lower level. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the crowd recognized the music, saw the Ultimate Warrior, and it's basically, boom, when the Ultimate Warrior blew up. Oh, so that's what like put Ultimate Warrior over. Over the top. And he beat him he for beat the him. belt. Yeah, in like less than a minute. Was, was the Honky Tonk Man supposed to lose the belt Maybe less to, than the, two minutes. to the other injured guy? No, I think they had it planned out that way. Okay. Yeah. He was, so the other guy wasn't actually too injured? I don't think so. Okay. No, I think it was, a big, it was supposed to be a surprise... Whoa, this new guy, this guy we've been watching for a year, climbed the ranks. Yeah. He's going to go for the belt. Dude, I watched like three old wrestling shows the other day, and I've been watching Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Man, I got so many like fucking things. I watched Starcade 86. Oh, yeah. And uh, holy fuck, Dusty, uh, Dusty Rhodes, like fucking that match, that first blood match. You ever seen that? Dude, it's fucking gory. It's one of the... Well, it's also just one of the best <laughs> psychology matches I've ever seen. Well, that's seen. The, the beauty of classic wrestling. And I've yeah. been watching some of these old matches, and it boggles me. I get it. I get it. I know people always throw the... Say, oh, it's boring. I just disagree. I, I, totally I go back dis- and watch it. You yeah. know, I rewatched that main event, the Mega Powers versus DiBiase and Andre. Uh-huh. And even Andre, I was expecting him to be a lot slower because of his back from 87. Yeah. But... 
he's like going in there and he's like hammering down on Macho Man and Hogan, and it's just like this, this is like exciting, and like you said, it's yeah. the psychology that makes it exciting for sure. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this first so is I don't know. I don't want to go into too much. The other guy who I was super impressed with, I think I watched. I think it was is either WrestleMania ten or eleven. I watched them both, and. Uh, Kind of in the background. I wasn't just watching like wrestling for hours and hours. Hey, man. It's okay. You're safe here. <laughs> but holy fuck. All you ever hear about is Scott Hall in rehab. Mm-hmm. He was oh, fucking amazing. Razor Ramon. Yeah, dude. Scott I, Hall, one of the best of all time for sure. I, as a guy who ne- never really watched wrestling very much, never got why people talk about Razor Ramon so much. Mm-hmm. Because he's just like a rehab guy to me. Like that's all <laughs> well, I know is he's on drugs. You start off with the reputation rather than knowing him for exactly. Yeah, so then yeah. when I saw him, I think he wrestled Jer- Jeff Jarrett. Oh, cool! It was fucking amazing, dude. Yeah, it's a good match. Yeah, that was really great. I just love how aggressive he is. It's just fucking awesome. Damn. Anyway, and how big he also, is, another, and how aggressive. He's legitimately scary. Uh, you're talking about another great intercontinental title feud there. Jeff Jarrett and Razor Ramon. That was, yeah, it was for the Intercontinental title. So, yeah, uh, great mentions. Um, but The Miz is saying that now it's being diminished. Well, Kurt is saying that, acknowledging what Miz said from the week before. Um, and Kurt says, yes, the Intercontinental title was not defended at SummerSlam, but it will be defended at No Mercy. Mm-hmm. And your opponent, and that's when The Miz cuts off Kurt Angle and says, um, uh, basically says, he tells uh, Kurt, you know, you know, you're all about respect, Kurt. And according to the dictionary, uh, you don't understand what respect means. And he says that it's disrespectful to him when uh, he comes out and interrupts him in the middle of what he's going to say, and that's disrespectful to an intercontinental champion. So basically, just you know, getting in Kurt's face about the way he's being treated. Yeah. And then Kurt clarifies, you know, I'm here to give. The Intercontinental title, the showcase that it does deserve, Miz. And you're right about that. So next week, you're going to defend the title against the number one contender from a battle royale that we're going to start right now. So right now we're having a number one contender battle royale for the Intercontinental title, and the winner will go against Miz next week for the championship. Okay. And uh, uh, I guess I should tell you who's in it. There's 15 people in it. Do you want everybody? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, well, first... <laughs> so they're having a 15-man battle royale to see who the next contender is going to be. Who's going to defend next week? So I can't wait to or hear... who's going to go for the title next week against Miz? I can't wait to hear this fucking list, actually. It's going to be all these guys like, what, they still wrestle here? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we already know that Curtis Axel and um, Bo Dallas are in the ring, and so they are in the match. Okay. Uh, followed by immediately the Big Show, who is clean shaven. Uh huh. Then both the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff. Okay. Then Finn Balor shows up. So. Uh, okay, so pretty good, pretty good list so far. All you know. So then that also gets followed by Apollo Cruz, Kurt Hawkins, Elias. The Drifter. Uh-huh. Goldust, who we haven't heard from since before SummerSlam. Yeah. Kalisto, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, R-Truth, and last but not least, son of the GM himself, Jason Jordan. Ooh. So, uh, this again, we don't really do blow by blow here. And they're doing a battle royale next week on Raw? 
This is happening right now. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. So, who do you think is going to win this Battle Royale, Jason? Who's going to be the number one Man. contender to face against The Miz next week? A lot of choices there. It's kind of tough. I, I was, like, leaning toward Jason Jordan, but I think he's not going to be it because he already had a chance with The Miz and lost. Did he? Yeah, they wrestled on Raw. Like, Remember, he's like, I need to wrestle somebody, and then... Yeah, but... He, that, no, he wrestled Finn Bauer last week, and then he wrestled the Miz. But he did wrestle the Miz. He wrestled, yeah, with with the Hardy Boys, the okay, Miz right. He did lose the, that. The but... pre-show, yeah. He got pinned, right? I think yes, he, he did. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. I think Jeff might have got pinned. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I don't remember either. But they, right. he, they, they and the Hardys faced them already. I feel like they're going to do a fresh feud. How about Finn Bauer? I, I mean, think I think Bauer's... that's an excellent choice. Uh, let's go over how this match ends because the ending is exciting. Yeah, I wonder who the last like three or four are. You know, like when they start building it. Okay, so so what happens is uh, there's a little dispute here. We can see what the next feud here, is here's, going forward. Here's one thing I predict: Big Show throws out both the guys in the Miztourage at once. Did that happen? Did the, did the big show throw out uh, Bo, Bo and uh, Curtis at the same time? Uh, I'm trying to see. <laughs> I know it's very specific. I don't have that memory. But so. for some reason in my head, that's like the first thing that jumped out. No, I don't believe that happened. All right. So, um, <clears throat> basically, what I want to get to is this moment here. Now, it's worth noting that Matt Hardy was eliminated... No, no, no. I'm sorry. Matt Hardy eliminated Luke Gallows. Uh-huh. And then he was uh, going... He eliminated Carl Anderson. And uh, so then uh, they pulled Matt Hardy off and eliminated him. Oh, they cheated to beat him. So, yeah. That's kind of cool. That leaves Jeff in there to fend for himself. There was a lot of tag team representation in this match, uh, interestingly enough. Whatever happened to the Revival? Dude, Scott Dawson's injured. Oh, I... Was no, it? no. Well, maybe I don't know. Actually, I don't. Uh, remember, I, don't I don't remember what his injury was, but it was very disappointing. All right. Anyway, um, sorry. See here, I'm just trying to get. I'm to like, this. I feel like they should be in this match too, but. So the club and Matt all right. So Hardy. it comes down to what I'm seeing here. Finn Balor, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Jason Jordan, Jeff Hardy. Okay. So we got the final five here. Um. So uh, Finn Balor, he's able. Who got to get... Big Show out? Probably people teamed up. I mean, you don't. I don't know. I have the... If it's not easy to figure out, don't worry. <laughs> no, about it's it. not. I don't have the blow by blow in front of me. I just have a little bit of notes here to look at. Um, Balor goes for the shotgun drop kick on Bo Dallas, and it hits a sling what blade if it on be, Jordan. Came so revealed basically... that you don't watch the show either. You just read notes to me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 <laughs> like neither of us are actually supporting uh, wrestling at all. <laughs> no, it's not true. $10 a month, baby. <laughs> so Balor's going nuts. He's hitting everybody with his signatures when he goes face-to-face with Jeff Hardy. And basically, um, Jeff Hardy is able to take advantage and hits him with his uh, split leg to the groin. Oh, yeah, where you... Headbutts? Is it like a No, headbutt? no, it's a leg drop to the... Oh, yeah, the yeah. Groin, he basically. like jumps. Yeah, yeah. Double leg drop. So then he goes with a twist of fate, but Finn Balor pushes him away. Hits him with a sling blade, so it's pretty even between the two. 
Another shotgun drop kick to Bo Dallas in the corner, and then he hits Jeff Hardy with one, and that's when Get! Bray Wyatt shows up out of nowhere and throws Finn Balor over the top rope. Derp. He's gone, and we come back. We see Finn Balor on the outside, shocked and very dismayed. Where is the ref? Well, I mean, technically not against the rules. Really? There's no rule that says that somebody, even though it sucks, it's bullshit. Yeah. But if you are thrown over the top rope for any reason. There's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's that's a great way to put it, quite honestly. So now Finn's gone. That's down to Jason Jordan, Jeff Hardy, and the Miztourage. Miztourage are beating up on Jason Jordan, and this is when he starts, boom, hitting short blocks, belly-to-belly suplexes. Uh, oh, my he's bad. He's hulking out. The drifter's in there, too. I forgot the drifter's in there somewhere. Okay. So now he's, boom, hitting hitting the drifter, hitting Jeff Hardy. Ah, and he takes down. He's just going nuts. Yeah. And then uh, Miz, Miztourage tried to double-team him uh, over the top rope, but he is able to duck them and then grab them both by their legs and flip them over. Dude, how did I? I knew they were both going out at the same time. <laughs> I got what, half that right. I imagine the big show doing now, that. Now, I want to tell you, watching, Jason Jordan throws them both out. Watching this was quite a sight because, like, it's exciting. Like, first of all, yeah. yes, I am thrilled to see that the Intercontinental title will hopefully be put in a good position. But now I'm a big fan of Jason Jordan, and I want to see him in a good light. For weeks now, the fans have been booing this guy, but he's on fire, and they're going nuts because he's just throwing people everywhere. Yeah. And boom, gets rid of the Miztourage in one throw. Then the fucking Drifter comes after his ass. Fucking, he just takes Drifter, flips him around, tumps him right ass over. And as he's mid doing that, Jeff Hardy gets up, takes Jason Jordan, and flips his legs over. Jeff Hardy is the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. And Miz is not happy about this at all. Well, who was he hoping, though? <laughs> he's, I guess, hoping. He did several times cheat in favor for Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Okay. To keep them in the match. Yeah, because they would just, like... Do some deal. Finger poke of doom or whatever, yeah. Some crazy shit, yeah. But, so now Miz is just like, oh, man, Jeff Hardy. Uh, I think Jeff Hardy is a... He's held it. He's held it before. He's held it. (laughs) (laughs) Several times, probably. But but that's interesting. I wonder if it's they're going to break up the Hardys or something and well, give I them mean, singles runs. It's one of those things. We go back to the subject of internet rumors and people be like, I saw this literal, this title of an internet video today. Uh, it was like, does WWE uh, like take Jeff Hardy more seriously than Broken Matt? Uh, it's like, yes, hilarious. they always have. Everybody knows that. Yeah, he does high spots. Yeah, like that's the star. He's a pure charisma. You yeah. Know? And even though, yes, Matt has earned the people's respect with the broken character, he can't fully use it yet. Yeah. And to WWE, it's like we know where our money's at. Yeah. Don't hate the WWE for what they just are. You know what I'm saying? It's like kind of hating a water. A water. It's like hating a water. Jesus <laughs> Christ, what is going on here? Oh, my God. I was going to once again reference wetness. It's like hating water for being wet. Yeah. You know, just, it makes sense. Yeah, the WWE likes Jeff Hardy because he's going to jump off shit and people are going to cheer. Exactly. It's he's a... going to sell more merch to teenage girls who want to fuck him. Exactly. Because they're just finally feeling their bottom parts are starting to tingle. And there's like, there's like rainbow hair and face paint. That yeah. speaks to my sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. He's got a patchy beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Just like that boy I like in English class. <laughs> yes, exactly. The one who never talks. <laughs> um, so basically, 
Uh, I don't know. Should we have any thoughts about that whole situation I, before we move on? I think it's probably good. Do you have any thoughts about Miz Intercontinental title? I think situation? it's. I think it's interesting they chose Jeff, and I'm glad they made Jason Jordan look strong. I it think seems like Jason that was Jordan, like two goals. I, I think you're totally right. Uh, they really uh, planned that battle royale well. I don't think Jason Jordan should have lost a bunch, like right off the bat. And he hasn't. He has. He has not. He lost to Finn, and he lost at SummerSlam. His last two matches he lost. That's okay, though. He can suffer a Who few losses. Who else did he wrestle? He wrestled Miz, that ended in DQ, and then he's beaten everybody else he's faced. Who else has he beat? Kurt Hawkins. The Star Maker? <laughs> <laughs> I think he faced Elias. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's it. Honestly, I think those, I didn't know he wrestled Kurt Hawkins. I think it's still early and that he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine too, but I think if they should have given him a stronger push. I just like the fact that the crowd in Memphis got hot for his like, you know, his big comeback because it shows that the fans have not completely turned on him. Yeah. So there's still time for him. Um, but also, any thoughts on Bray and Finn? Yeah, that seems like... to be that, that the thing. I as soon as I saw that angle, I was like, oh god, we're not done with these guys yet. And I, I think feed... Jason Jordan's a future star, and they should really push him. Definitely. I, I totally face. agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people are angry about the whole, you know, bloodline storyline with Kurt Angle. But I love it's like, it. the, I, I think it'll be fine once we start pushing him, put him in a good direction, and let him become his own thing. It'll just be a footnote to a fucking great career. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also, how long is Kurt Angle going to be around? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so this will be fun for now. They can play with it. And then when Kurt Angle leaves, you just have us, you have Jason Jordan as a guy. Yeah. And it's just a fun thing. It's like, I, I prefer to have the connections than rather not have them. Yeah. You know, but in either case, yes, I hope they book uh, Jason Jordan well. Um, but I, I'll just to comment on Finn and Bray. I do want to, like, as soon as I saw that angle go down in the Battle Royale, I didn't think it was bad. Or not clever, but I am like, wow. It's I just don't think it's an interesting matchup. I don't know whether the odds of it getting better since... Finn and Bray? Finn and Bray, yeah. Since they wrestle at SummerSlam. And if they're going to do this, are they going to build all the way to Hell in a Cell with it? It does seem like that. Maybe that's just like a thing they do now. Like, we want to have as many Hell in a Cell matches as possible. So we start. we got to start creating a bunch of bitter feuds. Well, and at least, at least though they're trying that because they... Put people in Hell in a Cell after maybe one month of build, which is always a mistake. Yeah. But coming out of SummerSlam, you could say there's some rivalry there. Then you go into a no mercy situation. You could even have a little stipulation if you needed, but then you end it with this Hell in a Cell. And I think that's pretty good. Yeah. And of course, we work in Bray and Finn. They both have a hell connection in sure, their characters. Sure. So. so you think Bray wins no mercy and then they both go to Hell in a Cell? I, you know, if you want to do that, you'd be helping Bray Wyatt. That's all I can say. And Bray, I don't even know if that's something that's even possible. But, you know. Yeah. Bray Wyatt, dude, at those house shows I saw, he was great. And he was over. He talked shit to the crowd. You couldn't even really understand what he was saying, but it was awesome. Did he get cheered or booed? Booed. Okay. That's good then. People all, it's so fu- it's so weird, too, because everyone gets excited to do the cell phone light thing. Yeah. And then they boo him. Yeah. <laughs> because he's against Rollins, and Rollins is just over, too. It's I was like, like, that was helping him get booed. I always like how uh, Jim Ross talks about Bray Wyatt. He's like, the Firefly's like, hey, you know, guy comes out. He's supposed to be like, you know, uh, some really evil guy, you know, but everybody starts throwing a cell phone. I don't know. Sounds sounds like a weird deal to me. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just a little, little old, long in the tooth, but. You know, yeah, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> it really, I think about it all the time, too. 
Like, it makes no sense. I think no it might sense. be the best thing for Bray Wyatt to reinvigorate him, to just freshen up his character a bit yeah. and turn him babyface and let him be that fucking, hey, that dude that we think is a cool guy. Who, yeah. The guy at the party who comes and he fucks all your shit up. You're like, yeah, he's cool, though. Yeah, the cool guy at the swamp. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't always hang out in the swamp, honey. <laughs> but Bray is cool. Yeah. Right? Dude, Bray Wyatt caught eight frogs today. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even have enough fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> For all the frogs he was catching. <laughs> That's exactly what that needed. <laughs> yes. So, um, but I think that's pretty much commentary on the uh, Battle Royale and the Intercontinental title. That's what we're walking out of with it. So, uh, I think obviously we'll get some sort of Club Hardy feud, but fuck that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of tough to say because if Jeff's going to be wrestling for the Intercontinental belt, what's Matt going to do? Is is Jeff going to do two matches? Hold on, though. No. Jeff's not going to win that Intercontinental title. Something's going to happen. I don't know quite yet how they're going to work it, but this is an interesting chance think, to start mixing people yeah. again. Because we already know Jason's cool. Jason Jordan's cool with the Hardys. Uh, he's not cool with the Mistrage. I mean, look, there's several people who could be mixed into here. Yeah. And I just don't think that Jeff going against the Miz at No Mercy is a good idea. So Jason Jordan was throwing out Elias, and then uh, Jeff... Jeff tossed him. Tossed them both Basically, out. Jason Jordan was on a roll took out two guys at once and then Elias when Elias tried to attack him and as he was throwing Elias over he was still kind of over the rope and that's when Jeff took his legs and just flipped him so here's a theory in case I'm exactly right I just want to say it on the podcast <laughs> uh, Jeff has to wrestle the intercon. Jeff gives up his uh... Jeff has to do something else for some reason he has to either wrestle for the tag team or he has to do something else so he can't wrestle Number one contender for Intercontinental. They have Jason Jordan and Elias do a match to see who will win. Jason Jordan wins. He's the new Intercontinental contender. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Like, you guys, Kurt Angle's like, you guys got second and third in that battle royale. Oh, like, so you're what technically... if, for instance, the club beat up Jeff Hardy? Yeah. And that he was not able to compete. Uh. There you go. Something like that. I like that. And then Kurt Angle's like, well, you guys are technically second and third in the battle Because then royale. you could even stretch the Intercontinental match. Well, we can't have it tonight. But let's have Jason Jordan and Elias Sampson, who were the last two. I like the way you think. That's a. I would totally do that. Yeah. You, that gives you time. I and I, they might do that. So I want to say it now in case I, they do. Good. Good job. I'm glad to see that awesome battle royale. But backstage after the commercial, Alexa Bliss is being interviewed, and of course she is going to be fighting for the women's title tonight. Women's title. Yes. And uh, did they do her vignette again, or is that just like around? She did that cool uh, cheerleader vignette. Is that going to no, be a well, thing, or is that just a one-off? A, it's a commercial. Oh, that's a commercial. Okay. It's a commercial for No Mercy, so if you see it, it's just an advertisement. Okay, gotcha. They, I would expect them to play it again, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Alexa Bliss is asked about her strategy, of course. And she said her strategy is to win, and that's all she needs. <laughs> because uh, Sasha Banks is a multi-time champion, that's for sure, but... Never, ever has she successfully defended her title the t- after winning it. So that's one of the reasons why Sasha's a multiple-time champion. The time, Every time she goes to defend after winning it, she uh-huh. loses it. So I love the fun with statistics there. And tonight, history is going to repeat itself. Oh, she's never held the belt 
longer Pass than one reign. So yeah. she anytime she defends it, she loses. I think I said this last episode, but she might be a four day champion. You know, like she's a four time champion and like a four if these she lost her belt immediately. If you're to play the odds, you would definitely go with that. On Raw the next day, probably. She might be a four I wonder we could probably look it up, but she probably has held the title for like less than a week. I absolutely total that. Yeah, in the past for sure. Which is embarrassing. I mean, I'm pretty sure. No, wait. That was a different time. But in any case. For a four-time champion, I can't even imagine her with a belt around her waist. Like, it, the memory doesn't really come to my head. And that's the problem with these types of reigns. But, you know, that's just the way of things we've been seeing in the recent history. Yeah. So, um, well, where am I at? Oh, so uh, Alexa says she's going to win the title and humiliate Sasha and prove exposure that she's a legit loser oh um oh yeah she says that there's anticipation in the air tonight that it's palpable and the WWE universe is ready to worship their goddess as she reclaims her throne so that's a promo from uh, Alexa now Enzo Amore comes out and he um he, he talks can I ask you something before we talk about Enzo yeah I was watching Starcade '86, mm-hmm. and Ric Flair is coming out to wrestle Volkov. Nikolai Volkov. Yeah, does that sound right? Yes. And that was a good ass match. Mm-hmm. But Ric Flair comes out, and then they cut to a promo of a guy on a beach, a muscular guy on a beach. And it's like the birds in the sky, and it's this really long vignette. It's like five minutes long. It feels like forever. And then he's, like, running towards this woman who is, like, to me, not very attractive. <laughs> and then they, like, and it's, like, you changed my life. It's, like, this acoustic guitar singer guy in the background. Do you have any memory of that? I don't like, know this at all, no. I have to show you it. It's one of the fucking weir- weirdest things I've wow. ever seen in my life. And then Ric Flair comes out and wrestles somebody else. I don't know why they put it there. I have no or idea. Or what it has to do with the situation. I don't situation. recall that at all. Second really funny thing from Starcade 86. Uh... The announcer guy, the backstage interviewer, man, he was fucking horrible. He was like the worst I've ever seen. He's like, he's like talking like not into the microphone and stuff, just like super amateur. Wow. And it's it was really embarrassing. He's like, we're gonna try and come back. And uh, Dusty Rhodes hasn't said anything to anybody about uh, his upcoming match with uh, Tony Blanchard, and uh, we're gonna see if we can get a word from him now. And he knocks on the on uh, Dusty Rhodes door and uh does this go away baby i don't talk to nobody right now (laughs) (laughs) and then the guy just leaves (laughs) looks like we can't get a word from him at this time that's hilarious it was so funny (laughs) that is funny (laughs) um watch starcade 86 on the network um it's pretty great it's the one where jim Cornette breaks his leg Oh, Jesus and that's like in the middle of the fucking <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> like they don't even talk about it or anything. That actually I appreciated. Yeah, because he he we know later he breaks his leg, but at the time they just like sweep him up. Yeah. Next match, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. I want the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and uh, similar, Enzo's uh, regaling about uh, last week when Big Cass tore his ACL going over the top rope and saying that that was karma. Uh, you know, because Cass was the bully in the feud, remember? And Enzo kind of gets a mixed reaction on this. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was the least kind of Memphis to be like, eh, we don't really like where you're going with this. What did he say? 
Uh, he says that Big Cass deserved to have his ACL torn. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> is he going heel? What the fuck is going on? It's just one of those things, like, let's, again, let's do, let's just pick up and go. Let's not <laughs> ignore the tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> let's just keep going now. But, uh, no. That's he, not a ba- thing baby faces should say. Exactly. You shouldn't celebrate the injury of your, I mean, it's. You, you could say this. You could be like, hey, man, he shouldn't have been fucking with me. He got his ACL torn. Right. You can't say he deserved it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's better just to let it lie. And because I think people, especially now where everybody can go on the internet and find out the reality, it's like nobody wants to cheer for a guy who's going to be out for eight to nine months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, but he says because of this injury, uh, Enzo has proven that he can compete with giants. And as of last week. No, he hasn't. He lost every time. <laughs> he ran. He would run in and get knocked out immediately yes, every time. What the fuck? All right. Yeah. You well. You're right. I mean, hey, fair to point he out. Baby oiled, got out of the cage, and then got punched and knocked out. Yes. After he beat up. All right, a guy, a giant beat up. He wrestled another giant, nearly won, and then as an afterthought, beat up Enzo. <laughs> That like, yeah, Enzo is a, that was a misstatement on his part. For yes, sure. for sure. So he said um, after that, as of last week, he's now going to be competing on two hundred five live, doing high flying, fast paced cruiserweight action, and he had little dance moves to represent each part that he was doing. Like he would jump when he said high flying, and then he would start like running in place when he talked about being fast paced. And he says, "I could do two things at once, even." Uh, he can watch Floyd Mayweather knock out Conor McGregor and make money. He can dance and announce his opponent at the same time. And he's starting to do this goofy, silly dance. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, competing against Enzo tonight. He's soft. No Amdar. And Noam Dar comes out. Oh, my God. And uh, now that's the match we're going to see. Enzo Amore versus Noam Dar. Is yeah. this episode of... Why Why did he talk about Floyd and Mayweather? Because remember on Saturday, there was yeah, yeah. Floyd. So they had to mention it. Oh, because it happened at the same time as something? No, it happened over the, over the weekend. Okay, whatever. I don't get what's going on. you have any opinions on that? It was I, I, I got just, to see it. You got to see it. Mm-hmm. I'll say I read the, uh, I read the uh, thing. It was what everybody had said. Yeah. It was a 10-round technical win. <laughs> well, I was yeah. like, thank fucking God I did not watch that. Conor McGregor was definitely... It was actually much better than I anticipated. And yeah. Conor McGregor uh, was knocked out on his feet. So he was not responding to punches anymore, but he didn't fall down. And so the ref called it. And uh, That's what happened? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So he, Floyd, Floyd was just standing in front of him. Boom, punch him in the face. And, and he was, was just, like, like, taking it. Yeah. And the ref's like, okay, stop. <laughs> yeah. And um, Did uh, McGregor get any offense? He got a lot of offense, but nothing good. Yeah. He threw punches, and they landed. But here's the thing. I wanted. I was somebody going into this who wanted to see Floyd Mayweather lose. Purely for history's sake, <laughs> I'm sure. <coughs> yeah. Um, but then I got... Brought back down to earth. Did you hear that shit like Vegas would have went bankrupt if... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. That would be cool. The, because that's the thing. I would love for that There's to happen. There's this video, kind of and like... maybe I'll forward it to you, but 
this guy who is actually a follower and fan of one of these offensive wrestling fans uh-huh. who I like. Um, he did a very well, like put together, uh, like written thing on YouTube of uh, why exactly Conor McGregor could never beat Floyd Mayweather. <coughs> yeah. And it's uh, from the perspective of people who know about boxing. And yeah. he even points out society and culture's flaws uh, in wanting Conor. Or it's the great white hype. It's literally the Jack Johnson story all yes, over again. all over again. And uh, even the guy somebody who doesn't pointed even out, box, white people hate this black guy as champ, yes. who's really showboating his money. It's literally everything from the Jack and Johnson story. And even to the extent Corey pointed out, uh, that I guess Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather owes the IRS tons of money. Oh, that's hilarious. So, like, even to that degree, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, this is weird to see history rolling back in several elements. Yeah. Um, but let's not get too far into that. But, but again, this video sobers anybody who, if you are a someone who's of sane mind and can deal with critical analysis, this, you know... This yeah, is, it's very it's it's actually pretty interesting as far as the science of boxing, you know. <laughs> I think um, if you wanted uh, Conor McGregor to win, you're racist, right? And and hey, not racist enough because he ain't white, right? What is he? <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, he ain't American. <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah, we're just gonna let that one lie and get ahead here. Uh, speaking of non-Americans, Noam Dar is from Scotland. Oh yeah, and. Uh, I'm going to tell you something about this match that I've really appreciated is that we have Noam Dar, who is a legit, one of the best wrestlers you could see for sure. Yeah. Um, and Enzo Amore, who is an entertaining performer. Uh, maybe yeah. not one of the best wrestlers, but the crowd loves him. He's got a, so, he's got a tilt a world DDT. Now they're promoting that <laughs> the, the tornado tornado DDT. DDT. Now they're promoting, obviously in the long run, Enzo is going to somehow get to Neville. Now, Neville against Enzo is, I'm sure, a match that a lot of people would be interested in to see how that would work. And this is just I a just taste. feel like Neville would pummel Enzo. Yes, and now we have Noam Dar, who's not on Neville's level, but is definitely more of the style that Neville is. Yeah. And Noam Dar, if I'm looking at this correctly, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of this match is Noam Dar letting Enzo know who's the fucking real wrestler in the ring. Because yeah. he stiffed him a few times, and it looked like some serious shit. Nice. And uh, it, it's, that's business, baby, because Noam Dar gives him a few shots, fucking puts down some nice moves, uh, really sticks it to Enzo. But then Enzo is able to get some reverses, do the comeback, and wins with an inverted stomp facebreaker. Inverted stomp facebreaker? Is that like the... The the uh, what do you call it? The it's more popularly known stomp? as Eat Defeat. Is that his nickname for it? No, that's a name I believe Xavier Woods came up with that. Okay. So the idea is you do a wrist lock, and you twist it over, and then you put your foot up against your opponent's face, oh. and then you fall, dragging their arm, and the tension. Yeah, makes yeah. So that you you know your face. Slam into the foot of the... It's a bit like a code breaker, but you're putting your foot against their face. Yes. That kind of shit where you pull them on top of you. Eat defeat. Okay. I like it. You get it. That's yeah. a cool move. It's a pun. Yeah. Eat the feet. What's defeat. the pun? Eating defeat, you know? Oh, defeat. Eat defeat. Gotcha. Yeah. I like it. Good all over. and uh, But it was obviously <laughs> like one of those things of like... 
backstage, everybody knows Enzo's going to get the win. We're promoting him. He's our new 205 Live star. He's popular. Yeah. People were getting into this match, which is something you cannot say about most 205 Live matches yeah, man. or Cruiserweight Division matches on Raw. I see, yeah. So, with that being said, that proved to be successful. But I'm going to – I think Enzo's going to have a little hard time, like, you know – Basically, he knows he's going over, so good for him. But I think some of these guys, at least Noam Dar did tonight, like really let him have it for a while. Yeah. Now Neville is uh, being interviewed backstage. I'm, I'm total. I gotta say personally, I'm totally over Enzo. When he completely done with him. I'm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he'd have to change. He'd have to cut a couple decent promos. What you said to he did tonight, I was not into. Right. I no. haven't been. I haven't liked one of his promos in. I don't know, a year? Yeah. It's been like maybe Enzo a year. definitely was more powerful in the safety of the tag team where his yeah. negative features were shadowed by the kind of charming nature of the friendship and loyalty. Now that he's on his own, you maybe it's also being embellished in all the fake wrestling media. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, well, the, also, I, I want to say they're, the in-ring as their tag team, I got over that too because they pretty much did one style match. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Enzo gets beat up and Cass gets the hot tag. That's That was their style. That was it. And that's a traditional style. I and that's fine, it. but it's day in, day out, I, I, I get, it got old. Um, well, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. We are going to see how Enzo does because we're not done with him at all. He is going towards Neville, yeah. and Neville knows this. That's why he's watching backstage. And when asked, he says that Enzo More may be a charismatic dynamo. But if that weasel is supposed to be a competition for me, then I'm going to be champion forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. Oh, yeah. So, I think Neville makes a good point there. All right. No no other thoughts on Enzo? No. So, now we have Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman coming out after the commercial. Oh, sweet. Uh, crowd's hot for this, obviously. As you would guess, Suplex City um, being chanted all over the place. Paul Heyman, um, you know, says ladies and gentlemen, all that good stuff. And he says, for those of you who thought we were going to come here and sing the blues about Braun Strowman, uh, basically, you're wrong. And he's, of course, referencing the blues because they're in Memphis. They're actually here to sing the praises of Braun Strowman. He's the most worthy contender for the Universal Championship in all of WWE. So that's pretty exciting here. At SummerSlam, it was a historic night for both Brock and Braun. Uh, of course, Brock, who had defended his title against the odds, but also Braun Strowman, who was able to lift Lesnar on his shoulder and power slam him through an announce table, and then lift another one up, and uh, you know, yeah, almost take Brock Lesnar out with the table. And he says Braun asserted himself, but just like he asserted himself on Raw last week and came down to the ring, uh, he has to face the Conqueror. And then, of course, they show the footage from last week of those two. You know, clashing. Sure. Um, basically, he, uh, Braun at the end raises the title afterward. And when that clip is done playing, Paul points out, you know, say, uh, you raise the title when you're monster enough to take the title away. Until then, don't even think about it. Yeah. And he says, um, no mercy is going to be the place that you have that opportunity. Okay, there it is. <laughs> um, 
that's our match for that's our headlining match prop. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. Uh, Strowman has to ask himself. Paul continues. Uh, is Lesnar gonna hunt him down? And he is. <laughs> Just the way you said that was funny. Like yeah, right. Is he gonna hunt him down? Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is what uh, Paul says. This is where Brock stands on that. Brock Lesnar wants Braun, and then at that point, Brock takes the mic away from Paul Heyman, and I just got so excited. You like when he talks. <laughs> Let's do this! <laughs> <laughs> One of my all-time favorite Brock Lesnar quotes. <laughs> I'm a jacked-up white boy. <laughs> um, he says, uh, Brock says that, when he said jacked up, he meant roided up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> Turns out that was pretty close to the truth, yeah. Um, so he says, what Paul's trying to say is, suplex city, bitch. And then he just walks off and the crowd yeah. goes crazy. Drops the mic. Yeah, it's badass. Yeah, Paul Heyman rolls. So, um, yeah, what do you think about that? I like it. All right, cool. Whatever. Well, um, a little news for uh, longtime Raw Dog and correspondent Brandon Koss. We get an alert here. The new season of Total Bellas is coming up. <laughs> so if you want to, you know, talk to your lady and you know start start giving us some updates, that would be appreciated because no one here, I can speak for myself, very factually. I thought you watched watch that show. Total Bellas. I don't watch it at all. I have never have. And you're telling me you're like, of course, I, almost, John Cena. I almost like Game of Thrones as much as Total Divas. You're telling me. <laughs> well, I am a Game of Thrones fan now, uh, but uh, now I've not seen any episode of Total Bellas or Total Divas or anything similar to it. Oh, I've seen you watch it. No. With my own eyes. That's incorrect. Um, so, uh, any case, up next we hear that Seth Rollins. Could you pass a polygraph test? That's what I Absolutely, I could. I don't believe it. Yes, I could. That would be the first lie on the podcast. Just like earlier, you said you watched both WrestleMania 10 and 11, and then we're like, whoa, wait, wait, I actually didn't. It's like, well, I have not actually watched Total Bellas or Total <laughs> I had them on. I, I turned them on specifically to watch them, but I was also... Well, see, You look, can't just watch nine hours of wrestling. I've never done that this was with all Total Bellas one, or Total Divas, This is so. one day, by the way. I watched Starcade 86, and then I Googled what's the best wrestling pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> and... It was like a list of 20, and the number 20 was WrestleMania 10. Mm-hmm. So you started from the bottom. The yeah, top. I was yeah. going to work. But then I, and then, and then it just started auto playing WrestleMania. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should change that, by the way. I think that. You don't want to go straight from like WrestleMania yeah. to WrestleMania. You want to go to the Raw afterward. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. You should go chronologically. So, and that's also another thing. Just in case a, there are I should any, make a playlist. If anybody works, at, that might be a good idea. Yeah. If you're going to do that, um, the network. Just if anybody who works at the network is listening, um, let's start a, getting episodes of Wrestling Challenge and old school WWF superstars. And for that matter, WCW Saturday Night on the network, please, because I need more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking glutton, and I I know you have it. Here's the thing. It'd yeah. be one thing if I didn't think you had it. Oh, I know you have it. <laughs> and you may have your little intern boys like, like, oh, I need to take five for a smoke break or, oh, I need a longer lunch or whatever reasons you can't get it up yet because you're blocking out all the fucking 
who knows what offensive bullshit from the 90s is on there. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> They're I will do it cocks for free. Yeah. Hit me up. I will totally You just want to go through this. the tape library? I will go through it. Yeah. That has to be a, a position that would be easy to fill in my mind, but... Again, dude, look, look who imagine they working there. I bet you would have access to some of the craziest shit ever. Oh, absolutely. There'd be like a secret like shelf, I imagine, where it's like, wait till you see this. No, they have. We that. cannot show anybody this. <laughs> I think that I forget who it was. Obviously, it's just like Hulk Hogan saying the N word in front of eighty thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> this happened in a stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up. It's like it's crazy that it just got out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We knew that back in the I don't know what. Well, that's a magic of the internet for you. Get excited, Jason, because oh we god. find out that Seth Rollins will be joined by his uh, reunited best friend and tag team partner Dean Ambrose, because uh, Seth's going to be facing Cesaro, who no doubt will have Sheamus in tow. And what do you think happens here? Uh, th- I feel like... Oh, this is the defense, right? No, it's a singles match. Oh, who's wrestling who? Seth versus Shame. Uh, I'm sorry, Cesaro. I feel like Seth wins, or Cesaro cheats. Well, in actuality, what happens here is that... Uh, it's weird, they did this exact same thing with the Hardys. Yes. They definitely are going with this strategy. <coughs> Which, I don't know. Are they going to have fucking the... Ro- uh, the- the Rambros beat Seth. Are, are they going to have the Rambros do four singles matches where they beat them every time and then lose in a cage match? <laughs> and then for some reason fall to the bottom of the tag team? That seems. That, that, might, that may be the strategy here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, we have basically the singles match, and there's some antics on the outside. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Um, is uh, basically trying to keep Sheamus from interfering. Uh-huh. And at one point, Dean Ambrose is able to knock down Sheamus when it's turning into a melee. However, this causes a distraction to Seth Rollins, allowing Cesaro to win with a, a rolling pin. Like, he basically just folded him up. Yeah, yeah, roll And so I was uh, a bit surprised by that. Because, like, okay, like, Seth Rollins has been kind of giving away a lot of wins. Uh, or at least more so than you would expect. Yeah. Um, but he's I guess maybe champ, he can though. afford it. Yeah, he's tag team champ. He's Seth Rollins. He yeah. He beat Triple H, so he's exactly. the, I feel the like best wrestler since in the then, whole company. I feel like, yeah. Since <laughs> then, they've basically been like, oh, no, he'll be fine. And you know, in all honesty, he is. Uh, he's been getting even better reactions since getting together with Dean. So Yeah. Um, now, this, of course, um, allows Sheamus and Cesaro to gloat. Seamus grabs a microphone and says, Oh, what a beautiful night. But it isn't even over yet, you know, because you S.H.I.E.L.D. boys, uh, before you try to run to the locker room, it's you and me now, Ambrose. So now Dean Ambrose takes on Seamus Oh, right immediately, now. okay. Immediately after. And uh, what happens here? Well, similar shenanigans. Um, however... It's uh, like the fucking Hardy Hardy feud in fast motion. It is, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. not skipping a beat. Um, but in any case, yes, uh, Dean's a little more prepared going into this. Um, Seth keeps Cesaro from getting involved altogether, and Dean's able to uh, hit the dirty deeds, uh, and Dean wins his match. Okay. So I think that that makes sense to me. It's a little even. Yeah. Uh, but Dean probably needs the win more than Seth does. No matter what, they're the champions. Yeah. And I think putting them in 
that. Uh, I, I think they're actually pretty cool tag team champions. I like the idea of the two guys who are in the main event are going to elevate the tag team titles. Yeah. Now, as far as the rest of the division, that's hard to say because I'm honestly kind of over Sheamus and Cesaro. So. Me too. Me too. And I, I think it's depressing. I mean, aren't, aren't Sheamus and Cesaro exactly what Dean and Rollins, like Sheamus and Cesaro were supposed to be what they are now? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Sheamus and Cesaro were two singles competitors who were both supposed to be really strong. We'll put them together, make them tag team champs. However, no one bought that shit. Right, as yeah. far as I could tell, they were booing Sheamus and cheering Cesaro. And then once Cesaro finally has become heel, now no one cares by then. Yeah. You know, it took Cesaro forever to heel turn. And, you know, they just did, they mishandled it. Was it was just with a them. horrible, yeah. You know, horrible and also, I mean, you know, let's not forget uh, Seth and Dean have the benefit of having the past history together. Yeah. But true. they didn't exactly handle that in a way I liked either, so. No, that yeah, I thought that was pretty weak. But in either case, it's like we kind of almost have to just suffer through it because there's, yeah. I think that Dean and Seth have to hold these titles, at least through Sheamus and Cesaro, at the very least. Yeah. You think that some, what did they used to say? There's a tag, when you have a tag team that's been attacked, like the Hardy Boys or something, mm-hmm. that's like known as a tag team, you say they have, uh, they know, or like, I guess a better example would be uh, the Dudley Boys. Yeah, right. You're like, oh, they're tag team specialists. They they're tag know team how, specialists, yes. Right, that's mm-hmm. the term. We know that they're good at being a tag team. It's weird that we have neither of our top tag teams are tag team specialists. Good point. Yeah, it's absolutely true. They're um, they're they're uh, odd couples or, yeah. or something like that. I don't know what you call it. No, that's definitely a good point. Um, and that's something that they should factor in uh, a little more convincingly. We did get to see uh, Sheamus and Cesaro slowly grow I, together. I think the best tag teams of all time have all been tag team specialists. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know yeah. why you're not pushing some. You know, like you think of great tag teams, you think of the Dudley Boys or the. The Road Warriors, or I don't know who else. I agree. I mean, people love a good team. Or the New Day. or uh, It's one know? of those things that it's just it's, WWE painfully handles in a weird way because apparently Vince's philosophy has become tag teams are a hindrance because, you know, you can't rely on two guys. Like, basically, if you can't rely on one, how can you rely on two? So he de-emphasizes the importance of a good team. Yeah. Because he's always looking for one guy to get out. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like... The old tag team shit, like I just watched the Rock and Roll Express oh, versus totally. like two of the Horsemen. Amazing. It was it was Oli and Arin too, so it was like <laughs> it was like the two that looked the most similar, dressed the same. Right. It was like it was almost like a twin match. But um, uh, well, that know, was such a good fucking match. By you're, the way, you're talking about like cage match, NWA, WCW type stuff. But I can even go with the same one, the SummerSlam '88, and I saw a great tag team match between. Uh, the British Bulldogs and uh, the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Yeah. And again, you know, great tag teams, you know. And that shit is fun to watch. It's so fast paced. It's not yeah. like it's it changes up the pace of your show. I even saw that same event had the uh, Hart Foundation, Brett and Jim Neidhart, oh, yeah. trying to uh, get their titles back from demolition. So it's just like, you know, they for some reason don't emphasize a team as a cohesive unit. Like they used to. Yeah. Uh, but it would I'm be not nice a fan they of did. that. They should. The teams are exciting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So with that being said, um, hopefully the tag team division will grow under the Shield Boys. But um, Emma's the, backstage. That Luchador, sh- or I'm watching Lucha Underground. They right. did a spot I just watched today where one of the Luchas 
he got on like the second rope yes. in the corner, mm-hmm. and another lucha got on his shoulders and jumped off that. It must have been. It, it was from so high in the air. It was ridiculous. That's awesome. I think ring. I remember that one. That was pretty cool. Um, Emma is backstage talking to Mickey James again about tweets. It seems like the same scene is just going to happen every week now. <laughs> um, she basically is saying, you know, she comes up with reasons why it's not fair for the position she is being put into. She says she may have been beaten by Nia Jax last week, but she got more followers on Twitter. Oh, my God. So who really won? I don't know. So Mickey, not, not the people watching this shit. That's who. Mickey That's points that. out the reason why Emma was trending on Twitter at all is not because they are asking for you to get pushed anymore, but because they're talking about uh, how you're being buried, basically. But yeah. without saying so much. Instead, she says, instead of hashtag give Emma a chance, it's hashtag give Emma CPR. Oh. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't think so. I think Me they either. made it up. Yeah. Also, CPR. Maybe it was what? a thing. I, I, I don't get on Twitter like that, but uh, maybe it was. So. I feel like every time they're talking about tweets on wrestling, it is yeah. a lie. Like, they anything can, they say that happened on Twitter yeah. did not happen. Well, and also, too, it's like it's so easy for anybody, but wrestling, certainly. Like, WWE is like, oh, it looks like, you know, you know, Raw is trending tonight. It's the number one trending thing. But it's like everybody could be saying Raw sucks tonight. We're yeah, a yeah, yeah. Of Raw, you know, and the, it's still trending. The, you're not putting it into context. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Emma's saying her major gripe here is that she started the women's revolution and that's the hashtag hashtag she's going to start next. And Mickey says, you know what? If we I've... all know Stephanie started the women's revolution. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, she you know, says so every time she's on TV, <laughs> Nikki Bella apparently came out recently and said that total divas started the women's revolution. Oh, really? <laughs> A show still calling themselves divas exactly. started the revolution. <laughs> That is hilarious. It's just, I don't know. It's funny. What if, the, what if they change the name to upgrade it? Total Women? <laughs> <laughs> Total Women, yeah. Yeah, this is like something a guy in a bar says. Well, that's one of those situations. <laughs> that's just one of those situations where, yeah, the original, like the branding, you know, painted them into a corner for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's silly. Like, you can't just let it be. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, even the idea of, like, we're having the conversation of who started it, it's like, I don't know. It just kind of defeats the purpose in my mind. It's just, just, just fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And but of course we have to bury Emma some way because she went on Twitter. So yeah. um, then Mickey says, "Well, how about this? Well, we're, we're gonna fight tonight. If I beat you, then I'll tweet anything you want me to tweet." Oh, great! <laughs> and you know what? That, that you would definitely tweet if I was wrestling. Just <laughs> I'm gay. Oh boy. Right? <laughs> of course, why not? Because yeah, it's funny because you're, you're making someone come out of the closet when they're, That's not, right. yeah, when they're not actually gay. That's what WWE wants, that type of <laughs> exposure. Um, but uh, Mickey says um, if she wins, Emma can never say again that she started the women's revolution. Mm. So there you go. Wait, uh, wait. So how it, this seems like a lose-lose for Emma. If she wins, she could tweet whatever she wants. No, no. Emma, Mickey will tweet whatever Emma wants if Mickey loses. Oh, gotcha. But if Mickey wins, Emma can never state once again that she started the women's revolution. All right. Really, just nothing. No, no one None cares. of it matters. It's like so silly. Yeah. Um, so before we go to that highly anticipated match, we do get a sweet uh, video package that was put together Did over somebody, the weekend. Tell me, I think 
Dave maybe told me that uh, Mickey James is going to do porn or something? That's wrong. No. There's no way. No? Okay. No. She was in I was my like, new I was photos. Like, I, better, I better tell Jim is what I thought. Well, of course. I love Mickey <laughs> James. But, I mean, she was in She's like photos. a top winner of the Object of Desire. Oh, yeah. She's absolutely. One of the She's top one choices. of the all-time greats, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, any case, uh, we get a before the match of Emma and Mickey... We uh, get a video package from all the WWE superstars who are good at talking, to some degree. Uh The photo-friendly ones, at least. Um, Wishing, uh, you know, much love and respect and, uh, you know, whatever the right words are. But basically, they did a video for for Hurricane Harvey. Oh, okay, yeah. So there you go. But not Ric Flair. They did that last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, we have a match between How's Emma. Ric Flair doing? Any updates? Yeah, actually I did see an update from Charlotte that just came out yesterday. And she says that, uh, you know, at this point he's gotten through uh, apparently the hospitalization and it's just time to heal. So he's definitely not ready to be strutting, is the way he put it. But, yeah. you know, he is he is fine at the moment. So. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah, she said it was the hardest week of her life. So, uh, you know, obviously glad to hear things are going well that direction. For sure. But, Has uh, she been on SmackDown and shit while she this took is going time on? Off. Okay. No, she took time off, so, which is obviously understandable. That makes sense, uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Emma wins uh, with a uh, Hurricane Rana pin. And that means that Mickey James is gonna have to tweet whatever Emma wants. Yeah, yeah, just once. Or I don't does know. she? I don't. Twitter for the day. What does she tweet, man? Do we and find then, out? Actually, I didn't look that up. If uh, you want me to, or would you like to? Here, I'll do it while you look up Mickey James. You keep talking. I'll look it up. See if she has anything regarding Emma there. Uh, so Emma gets on the mic after winning the match, and this is her, once is again. Is this all a plan to get Mickey James more followers or something? <laughs> I don't know. Why is a Twitter a part of a feud? Dude? Yeah, this really, is pretty sad. It's awful. It's bad. It, it's not good. It's it's not good at all. But Emma gets them on the mic. Now this is always a great opportunity for anybody you know in this position to take advantage of the moment they let you have a mic. But obviously the plan here, Emma just repeats over and over again. I started the women's revolution. I started the women's revolution. I started the women's revolution. Like literally over and over again, all the way up the ramp. And it's just one of those things where, like, this did more damage than good. Maybe it's supposed to be getting heat. That's fine. It's one of those things, though, it's just you really don't care. And, you know, they're playing off the fact that she was, you know, supposed to never say it again. Now she's going to say it repeatedly. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you find the tweet? No. Uh, what day was this on? Uh, that would be Raw the 28th. I mean, who knows if they followed up on it. I assume they would have to. (sighs) Coming up next. Uh, uh, oh, I almost forgot. Oh, shit. Dude, her fucking Twitter is a nightmare. Is it like a bunch of retweets? Yeah. Today embarks a new day for women's wrestling. Oh, that's an Instagram photo. Oh, right, I almost forgot. At WWE, Emma's new entrance song is awesome as her wrestling. Give Emma some personality. Grow up, Emma. Hashtag this. You got lucky. Yeah, actually, you know what? She makes a good point because her new music was pretty good. They gave Emma new music. I forgot to mention that. 
Oh, okay. So here's what happened. All right, at Mickey James, since I beat you on hashtag raw, thank Emma for the revolution. Hashtag give Emma a chance. Hashtag give Emma a t-shirt. Hashtag where's Emma's merch. Hashtag we want Emma. That's what she told her to say. And then she didn't say that. She retweeted or something? No, she made fun of it. Hashtag Emma's new... This is bullshit. Why didn't Emma... Why didn't Mickey do what she agreed to do? I don't know. Fuck I'm, all this, dude. I'm yeah, so it's, annoying. It's we are the we have paid more attention to this than anyone else in the world, I believe. And then when uh Emma wouldn't uh do the hashtags right, Emma just re- replied again with a picture of her pinning Mickey James, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I guess that's a good way to That's a good Imagine her. you had that in your back pocket, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, you're talking shit to me? Well, here's a picture of me yeah. pinning you. Well, also <laughs> saying, like, you, you know, this is your word. You said that you would, you know, do this. So it's thrown in her face. Yeah. All right. Um, you ready? Somebody said this tea is scalding hot. Oh, my God. A white guy said that. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So there's a contract signing going to happen. John Cena and Roman Reigns are having a contract signing. And Kurt Angle's in the ring. Um, he starts talking about how, uh, man, what a good match that would be, John Cena and Roman Reigns. <laughs> Who's saying that? Kurt Angle. Oh, my God. And, He's Marks. Uh, <laughs> He's, like, literally saying what Vince McMahon is thinking. And then... Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so he introduces John Cena and of course he gets the typical John Cena reaction and Cena's fired up uh, he says that this match is Wrestlemania worthy yeah. but they're going to do it at no mercy live on the WWE Network uh, it's the you one know, reason you know they're like uh, they're like uh, Brock and Roman are the only two guys who beat The Undertaker well, Cena and Roman are the only two baby faces who get booed. Right. So yeah. that's a good match. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll see how this goes. There. So basically, Cena says the one reason he came to Raw was to take on Roman Reigns. Um, Roman uh, is supposed to be the blue chip prospect, but he's protected against everyone, and uh, John Cena is going to step in his path. Okay. So, uh, and then there's uh, John Cena. John Cena says uh, that everybody knows him. He knows the universe, and that you know he has uh, zero Fs to give, and he's the one dude there ain't no protecting from. Is that one of his old things? No Fs or we no? Put well, the he out? used oh, to I'm thinking like, of uh, he did the, get F-U the F out for attitude adjustment. Yeah, he yeah. called it the Fu, but then of course they changed it to the attitude adjustment because it wasn't PG. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and I'm uh, also mixing up with get the F out was when they went to WWE. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was around the same time period of him uh, getting into WWE. So Gotcha. It's all kind of in the same vicinity. So he's a guy who's got a long history with us. Yeah. And um, basically says everybody knows there's no one that can be protected from John Cena. And that's why he wants to fight Roman Reigns, because he knows Roman Reigns don't want to fight him. And John Cena signs the contract right away. Well, now Roman Reigns enters, and he gets in the ring, and the crowd's just booing, crazy booing yeah. Roman Reigns. Interesting. And John, C- John Cena's like, Why pacing. is he getting booed? I guess Memphis I, is a little more smart mark than I was uh, yeah. giving him credit for. But 
to be fair, I mean, this is one of those moments where it's like almost any audience is going to react negatively to this. Like, like yeah. Oh, they but, also probably hate this whole thing. Right, exactly. So it's a pretty negative situation overall. But um, basically, John Cena's pacing back and forth, and Roman tries to start his promo. He's like, let me make sure I have this right. I'm scared to fight you, John. I don't want to fight you. Is that what you think? And uh, says that John Cena doesn't understand because no one's told him before. But uh, he says that Cena's not a, as big of a deal as he thinks he is. Uh-huh. Fact of the matter is that Roman doesn't care what John Cena has done or what he plans to do. He's done something Cena can never do, and that's retire the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And of course, huge booze. Oh yeah, that's a heat statement from Smart Mar- for Smart. Oh Marks. yeah, absolutely. And then Cena because everyone says, knows that secret story that supposedly the Undertaker wanted to go out putting Cena over. Did you hear that? What the Undertaker oh, wanted yeah, yeah, to put that, Cena over? Yeah, exactly. I think you're the one who told me that. Well, yes, absolutely, and uh, I so think, that's he, that's a heat statement if mm-hmm. you know that little tidbit. And you know, again, it's just like not a popular thing anyway. And I think that's what this whole thing is playing off of. And you're gonna so Roman's gonna be the heel for John Cena. You're gonna see a little bit of what this gets into, and we're not quite there yet, but it's happening right now. All right, it's interesting. Um, says that he says so. Maybe it's not the fact that. I don't want to fight John Cena. Maybe it's the fact that I don't need to, which was, you know, a powerful statement in its own right. And John Cena says, you know, you're right. Uh, you don't need to fight me. But since you are the highly exalted Roman Reigns, everybody back there knows it, and everybody out here is still trying to figure out why. And he was referencing the universe. So right now John Cena is playing on the fact that the fans don't get why Roman Reigns is being the chosen one. Yeah. Um, it's because he looks good, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> In case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. He's got nice muscular arms. A uh, nice, you know, uh, symmetrically, somewhat, you know, attractive face. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Triple H. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Triple H just like one of the ugliest people you've ever seen? No, he's beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, uh, so Cena says, you know, everybody knows that I'm one of the more controversial people. Every week, people come here to cheer me or to boo what I'm all about. And I love how John Cena, like, <laughs> points that out. <laughs> to boo what I'm all about. But then he gets there going, he says, they either, you know, want me to... You know what? Somebody pointed this out to me about sports, and it's so true, and in yeah. that statement captures it, is that whenever somebody you like fails, you say it's their actions... But whenever they succeed, you say it's their talent and it's them. So they cheer me for me. Yeah. But they boo what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. 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 You yeah. know. Well, like, that's... so I they wouldn't boo me. And then you they, know, they cheer me, I but thought, they I boo what I do. I thought that was definitely. I picked up on that wording when he said it. Yeah. Because I thought it was a way to kind of get out of the way of explaining. Oh, well, only certain people. Of course, people would. You know, there's certain people out there who want to boo hustle, loyalty, and respect, and that's just their thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a total, it's a total way of putting yourself over. Yeah, yeah, but then he goes further into that by saying, you know, they would rather if I turned heel, mm-hmm. and so now I'm like, uh oh, we're getting into fucking some shoot language now. Yeah, Watch I don't out. like that. Watch out! Don't Here we like go. It. not from these two. This this got crazy, man. This All got right. cra- this is one of my favorite moments in wrestling of the year. Really? Yes. This got crazy. All right, let's see what happens next. He says, here's the thing, though. Uh, that's a lot different from you, Roman. 
uh, they uh, when they go back and forth with you, it's because they look at you and they see what I see. You're just a cheap ass corporate created John Cena bootleg. All right, that is and true. It's like holy shit, he's and he's doing the Miz shit. Crowd starting to peak up. Exactly, this is yeah. very much a Miz style thing. He says, um, "You call me a chump, and uh, say that Reigns isn't the guy." Oh yeah, he says, "You're not the guy. You're just a guy trying to fill the shoes that you, you never can and all that shit." Uh-huh. So he tells Roman to listen carefully. He's like, "You are not the Undertaker." He, oh no, I keep reading this wrong because it's worded away. Sorry. He says. Uh, look at me, Roman. I am not the Undertaker. I don't have. I'm, I'm not a 40 year old guy with a bad hip. What? And, yeah, just straight up like tells him to his what? face. What? He says he I'm shot on the Undertaker. Yes, he did. He says I'm the fastest and the hungriest I've ever been, and the reason that you won't sign the contract is because uh, you the know- Undertaker's not 40. He's he from beyond the grave. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe he didn't say 40 or 50. I don't know what he said. That's but. He, he basically pointed out the fact that that's Undertaker, one thing I like about uh, the Lucha thing. Whenever he yeah. talks about Vampiro, <laughs> he treats him like he's hundreds of years old. Like he stays like uh, kayfabe about him being a vampire. And yeah, yeah, he has like that uh, '90s uh, like cholo language, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Vampiro Hispanic? Oh uh, no, he's from Canada. Cause he fucking do- he like <laughs> does all the accents right. Yes, he does. Well, he's lived in Mexico for a long time, but right. he he is a white boy from Canada. Yes, all right for sure. And he went on tour with I forget who. Like he he's tight with the Misfits and all these other people. He's like a weird. He's got tons of weird shit, but yeah, Vampiro is weird. We 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 don't need to talk about Vampiro. We're doing a shoot promo with John Cena. Now. No, no, this is much better. <laughs> So, um, basically, John Cena's pointing out that Roman Reigns is not who he thinks he is, and that John Cena is much more of a challenge than what he's faced. And it says, look, Roman Reigns says, "Uh, Cena, look, he's doing it again. You know, he's the king of this. He can take anything and spin it, and that's what he does. And you can tell the crowd's, like, really starting to get on Roman now, and Roman's not really got the ability to hang with John Cena. Can't hang, not John Cena's giving him a straight face, like, I know what I'm doing. How about you? Yeah. So this is a very tense moment to watch because Roman, he definitely looks like more of like kind of like a high school uh, theater uh, person trying to remember their lines. Whereas yeah. John Cena's like, yeah, I'm going straight off the dome. So this is a very tense scene. Um, Man, dude, I kind of love it. I love, I love, I recommend, I love watch John it. Cena came in. He's probably the one guy who could do this and be like, Hey, Roman, you going to rise to the occasion or what? Exactly. Because here we are. Middle of the ring, me versus you talking. Dude, that's, This is a wrestling match of words, yeah. And that's that's what was so crazy about to watch this moment. I did not anticipate they were going to do this. Yeah. And, man, they uh, did not hold back. Well, John Cena didn't hold back. So, um, yeah, Roman goes on. He says that it blows his mind that he's standing out there, uh, that Cena's running his mouth, and, uh, you know, people booing him because... You know what? You think they want you to be a bad guy? They boo you because, first of all, you suck. Which was funny because, um, you know, I don't know. You know, people reacted slightly to that. Yeah. But then John Cena leaned over to Kurt Angle, who was still in the ring, and he said, "Oh yeah, well, people have been saying the same thing about this guy, but uh, he's got a gold medal, so <laughs> I don't feel too bad about that." You suck thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. So Cena's just on. God, John Cena's on it, man. Yes, he is. Uh, so then he can, he tries to continue on, um, saying they boo you because they see right through you. 
you're a yes man who can do anything you want to do, be anything you want uh, to be. Uh, you're just a fake ass bitch, is what Roman Reigns said what? to John Cena. Yeah. Called him a fake ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's not wrong. John Cena is fake as hell because he's like, because John Cena is like, oh, you guys are booing me. Well, do you like America? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely got a talent for that. He truly does. He's, he is a spin master. So yeah. I think Roman is shooting a little too. He just sounds more abstract, yeah. and it doesn't. It sounds like it's bad. But well, he's, John Cena's gonna right. John Cena's gonna point out why, and that's the beauty of this moment coming up. We're just leading up to it. Right. So uh, Roman continues. You know, not just not only are you a fake ass bitch, but uh, you're a part time. Which, of course, is the thing that people bring up. About John Cena? Yeah. And he yeah. says, he'll be damned if Roman says, I'm going to bust my ass five days a week so that you can go hang out on the Today Show and then jump back on a big old bus and then maybe come back to WWE if they pay you enough. Now, the problem with this is... Everyone not, knows John Cena is one of the hardest working dudes there. Absolutely. Like, and you can't the, say that. You can't say it because he just proves it wrong. And he's been around so much longer, he could go part-time now. Like, he, you're allowed to. Yeah, like, absolutely. He, he's been around. He's done it. And uh, here's the thing. So Roman continues. He says, uh, but what you're really going to do is you're going to jump off the bus with that big-ass shovel and bury as much young talent as you can. And everyone knows Roman does the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, so except, that's also like a bad Except he's insult. one of the young talents himself. But, of course, that's the – John Cena is, like, already aware of this. And it's funny to watch this moment because John Cena is hearing this. He's like – it's kind of that moment in 8 Mile where – you know, <laughs> did we talk about this last episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up every week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where Eminem, of course, is like, you know, he's already been shit talked. Everything he knows, every insult about him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what are you gonna say about me that yeah. I'm poor and white and my mom is a whore? So John Cena's just kind of shaking his head, watching Roman Reigns. Like, yeah, I know this. I know this whole routine. And so, but you know, Roman again. This is part of the script for him. It doesn't come off as natural. So he is saying it, and it's it's biting, but it doesn't have that same like intention or you know like uh, re- reality level. Yeah, to he it. sounds unsure of himself and unconfident, probably. Yeah. and yeah, he got thrown off by the audience quite a lot. Yeah, uh, he calls uh, John Cena a backstabbing shark, and he says, "What bothers you, John Cena, is that I'm the one guy that you can't bury with that shovel. I'm the big dog." And uh, he says he's the one guy that John Cena can't see. Um, and why would uh, why would John Cena want to lessen his? Oh, why would Roman Reigns want to le- lessen his legacy to be the next John Cena when he could be the only only one? I'm sorry, one and only Roman Reigns. I'm tripping over my words here. By the way, Roman is not young new talent. I mean, considering he's the guy of this era. But but if you compare him to everybody on the roster. Probably the only few people who are going to beat him are, like, John Cena and Brock Lesnar. And, you know, everyone else is, like, he's older than, like... Who? Uh, I mean, just think about all the guys, like, Elias and... Uh, Elias is younger. Miz is about even with Miz him. Miz is about even. Finn Balor is older than Roman Reigns. Yeah, but he's new to WWE. But the... And he's young and spry-looking. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> but the um, point is, is that... The one argument here is John Cena is the guy from the previous generation, and Roman is more representing the current yeah. era. So that's where I'm just going to say there's not that big a difference in my mind between Cena and Roman. Roman's been around for a long time, and 
there are younger guys that are getting buried by both these guys. There's I don't know. There's some truth to that, but I think also it's a major exaggeration. John Cena is for sure buried some people in his time. I mean, obviously that's just the plan that was there to make him the guy that he is today. Yeah. But John Cena will defend himself here, and I'll read that here. And then with Roman, again, same thing with him. He's playing the role they want him to play. Oh, I don't blame either of these guys. It's not their choice. It's, just, it's the fucking creative who buries people at the end of the day. See, it's John Vince Cena, McMahon. I feel like, is taking a lot more heat as being a guy who is a part of that decision-making, whereas Roman, I feel like, is comes off way more passive in that. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like there's only – really very few top spots so it's just a competitive field but um any case i just would say that there's not too much difference between them in that regard yeah that's um, what i think that's what i'm saying like, i think it's uh roman shouldn't be able to level that charge against cena when i in my mind he's not that far behind uh, i guess that's fair to say yeah. when you when you point it out like that um yeah um so now it's time for john to respond to all that and he says, you know the thing about Roman Reigns? Is he's a fool. <laughs> <laughs> he well, says he's he's not like a little bitch. What do you say? You're fake a fake ass bitch. Fake ass bitch. <laughs> he's like, well, I'm uh, that coming from a fool. <laughs> I will let me roll my twenty sided dice, you fool. <laughs> Let's see if I get it. <laughs> Whatever. So then, it's a nerdy but comeback. Cena's like, well, here's the thing. He's just setting it up. Like he doesn't even realize. Like that's what's so beautiful about what's about to happen here is that Roman is just doing this wrestling promo, but Cena's about to be like, I'm about to destroy you. So, <laughs> so then, um, so basically, Cena gets teed up. He starts off, "You are a fool," you know, and he says, "And you know what they, the old saying says? <laughs> like it goes that far." He says. Uh, <laughs> Uh, keeping your mouth shut, uh, lest you prove <laughs> no some shit. Oh my it. god! Why is what is he doing? <laughs> no, no, he said a little more. He let goes, me let me quote my old friend Ben Franklin <laughs> from America real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, but he says that basically, like you know, people can. Uh, I forget what he said exactly, but basically saying that um, uh, if you uh, people can accuse you of being a fool, but when you open your mouth. That's when you prove you're full. Something like that. I don't. I'm not getting it right. You know what I'm saying? Like being uh, quiet. Uh, only when you're talking, you, you shut prove up. the fool. You know yeah, yeah. When you talk, you prove. Kind of like fool. I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> he's trying to say when Roman started talking, he proved he was a fool. Exactly because um, when he's quiet, we know he's. We don't know if he's a fool or not. But when he talks, he proves it. Something being accused of being a fool. He. But only when he opens his mouth does yeah, he prove yeah. everyone's right. I'm glad you were not in this promo <sighs> battle. Jesus Christ. <laughs> John Cena might have eviscerated you. Yeah, he would have, dude. He's about to on Roman Reigns right now. So in any case, he says, uh, you're throwing at me the same pathetic excuses that everybody else does, man. And he says that, you know, you've been given all these gifts and opportunities. And all you're going to do is just blame John Cena. And he says, well, congratulations. I like he talks in third person. <laughs> he says, congratulations. Does he bro. say you're going to blame John Cena? Yeah. Why doesn't he say you're going to blame me for this? Well, because he's making the point that John Cena is this ultimate oh, you yeah. know, devil to people. He's who, a scapegoat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so he says, well, congratulations, Roman. Uh, Roman, it took you five years, but you actually cut a half decent promo just now. And he says, but I'm going to shrink. But that's it. not true either, right? It was pretty bad. Was it half decent or worse? I think he was just giving credit. Like, look, there were some good barbs in there, but it's nothing compared to what John Cena's about to do. And that's what this moment's all about right <laughs> all now. Right, all right. I'll he stop says, cutting he you says, off. Uh, he just basically pointed out the fact that Roman's not good at cutting promos just to set up the fact that he's about to murder him. Yeah, yeah. So then he says, uh, let so me, let me shrink you down the size. state of mind. Yes. And he did. I would love that. He went there. If he started rapping all of a sudden. <laughs> Everybody thinks that John Cena has this mythical golden shovel that controls everything. Uh, I can't tell if you're blind or stupid, Roman. Uh, listen to the crowd. They hold the keys, and they always will. So that's an obvious John Cena, you know, play of the crowd thing. Um, I don't know why he would say that though, because the crowd boos them both. Well, he's already established that the only people top. that boo him are the people who don't believe in hustle, loyalty, and respect, or America for that matter, as you <laughs> like to point out. <laughs> and he says that's fine. Um, hold on, know. let me take off my shirt. What do you guys <laughs> think of the troops? <laughs> All right, so John Cena has been doing this for more than 10 years. He's been called worse by tougher people. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think I, that... Yeah. I, I'm having trouble getting over that. The crowd holds the keys. When they both came out to booze, yes. and they're literally <laughs> go, like the top guys in the company who get booed. Yes, yeah. And I think that's a fair John point. John Cena, the face of the company, yes. gets that, booed. That's definitely a fair Does point. the crowd hold the keys? <laughs> You're definitely right about that because I felt the same way when I heard him say that. It was such a kind of obvious, cheesy thing to throw out there because he's trying to appeal to the audience. Did the crowd cheer when he said that? or what was Not quite. It was just more like, you know, an acknowledgement. But as I said, he's only just getting this going. I know. i sorry. I won't let you do it. Just do it. He's just kind of getting there. He says, well, let me be honest with you real quick. And he says... I haven't main evented WrestleMania in five years. Oh. I was the first match at SummerSlam. I was honored to win the United States Championship and use it to introduce new stars like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. Maybe you heard of them. Wow. And he says, Roman, you took that title as demotion and you blame me? And that's true, because we remember discussing Roman Reigns winning the United States Championship for that brief time. Yeah. And he basically just kind of threw it off to the side and didn't... So when John Cena brought that up, I was like, well, this is getting kind of Fuck, dude. Yeah, John Cena <laughs> repped the U.S. title with pride. Roman slung it over his back. Didn't even wear it a lot of times. Yeah, sometimes didn't it wasn't bring it to even, the ring. Didn't bring it to the ring. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. That's for him to bring that up was pretty powerful for me. Yeah. But uh, he says, uh, fine, um... Here's the real truth behind all that, Roman. Uh, the reason why I'm here is because you're just not doing a good enough job. Because they wouldn't be calling on me to come back if they actually relied on you. God damn, dude. Yeah, and that's just getting salty. It, I felt bad for Reigns almost at this point because it's yeah. He says, when it comes to this yard, there's only one rule. Step up or step aside, and you know that. And over the years, a few have stepped up, and nobody kept up with me. And uh, he said, then I started hearing about this guy, this guy they're talking about, who's coming up the ranks, this guy Roman Reigns. They said he could keep up, that he, he looks and listens, and he should be uh, he should be ashamed that 
Oh, he said, if I'm, you should be ashamed, ashamed of me as a part-timer because I'm doing it way better part-time than you ever could full-time. Woo! And it's just now people are losing their minds because they're like, yes, there's like, yes, chance starting. Oh, my God, It's dude. like amazing. Because he's saying to Roman what everyone wants. Everyone wants to hate Roman. It's the first time it's actually been established. Like Nobody has ever shit on Roman until now. Yeah. Like, to actually point out, like... Like, Miz touched on it with the whole opportunity thing last week, but this is the first time this where it's, like, ch- plainly stated, this you are not huge, doing a good job, Roman. This is huge. Yes, it is. This is a huge shift in what's going on. I think that Roman Reigns might be in trouble. If they're going to go on TV and bury it, this is a burial. Uh, it's, look, it's definitely, you know, he's still in a high position, but I'd say the fact that I, what it they is. They would not acknowledge this shit for years, and everyone thought it and John Cena him. has a and little power John here, Cena too. Is. And here's the thing, is that even, like, if you remember going back to John Cena and The Rock, like, The Rock got the shit on John Cena, right? But John yeah. Cena was able to, you know, point out, and he turned the, the. How, how, how gay The Rock was, if I remember correctly. <laughs> he turned the tide on The it Rock. Is, uh, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> He fucking called him. He's like, well, "You're gonna wear a tutu in a movie." It's well, a little but then if you remember, fruity. And- <laughs> if you remember, it was The Rock who pointed out that John Cena was fruity pebbles. That's right. So John, right. I mean, The Rock called John Cena gay right back. So right because of his colorful T-shirts. Yeah, man. But when John Cena turned around on The Rock and proved that he could step up to him, when he saw in the replay that The Rock had his notes written on his hand. What? And when John Cena called him out for that, now Rock like totally lost his mind. Now my point of bringing that up is that John Cena has the skills. So just like that, it was very heated between those two back in the day. Here's the situation where you have two top guys, one from the past, one from the present, and Cena is basically saying like, "Are you going to be able to handle me the way I handled the Rock?" Yeah. And is just begging Roman to do something about it. And I honestly think the thing that shined through, John, John Cena's only doing what he has to do to add heat to this. And I'll tell you, he sold me. I'm ready for this match. I want to see this match just yeah. as much, if not more, than Braun and Brock. But it's because of this moment. Yeah. But did Roman Reigns live up to it? I don't think he did. I don't but think so. we still have time. So well, I mean, uh, Roman is no Cena or Rock. I think that that is the problem. No, now you talk about a burial. I don't think they want to bury Roman. I think they want him to step up. Yeah. But will he be able to? I don't know. I think that this is interesting. I think they should have done this sooner or um, at some point. in. <laughs> this is kind of like now that he's they're doing this now, it's kind of like sink or swim. Like they threw oh, yeah. him in the water like can you swim? But they should have already at some point like put Roman against Kevin Owens and had them do promo battles. Yes. Had had him wrestle somebody who could talk a good game and had Roman actually just get on TV and talk and just they should have done this already maybe. Well, we remember For, as long as Roman's been around, they should have worked on his promos more. Didn't it seem and I believe it was for 2 years Roman was given the ball. Yeah. But yet they crippled him. With just this kind of insincere character. Yeah. Like, really the wrong motivations, the wrong booking. They got everything wrong about Roman Reigns. And now here we are, you know, at least three, maybe getting close to four years now. Yeah. Of him supposed to be the guy. And they're only just now really doing what they're supposed to be doing. And again, he does he have the skills? He might. But yeah. he's never really been battle-tested. And in this opportunity with John Cena, he did not come with that... Like, yeah. 
It, it was not off the cuff. He did I, not come with the same intensity that John Cena did. This, this all makes me think of Jim Cornette when he says that these, like the new wrestlers, can do all this high flying flip flop shit, but they can't throw a punch. Yep. You know they can't sell. They can't. You wouldn't believe their punches because they don't work on the basics. You're supposed to work on your weaknesses. Yes. And you know your strengths are your strengths, and then make your weakness your strength, and then you're a well-rounded person. So Roman, I think, didn't follow that. His weakness was his promo, and now here he is in a moment where he really needs it, and his he never worked on his fucking weakness, so now he's not a well-rounded wrestler. Yes. Yeah. Um. This is a it's it's craziness, um, and I mean again we're gonna find out because it still has a build all the way to no mercy. But uh, before we get further into where the segment goes, uh, do you want to maybe get into a little bit of that nonsensical rumor and innuendo? Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, one more thing. I saw Roman talk on Raw Talk once, and he can talk. He, that's why I want to point out like it's not he can do it. It's because I feel like that's the problem is that he he's been. In the system that does not allow yeah. for people to be themselves. He's a football player. He used to beat up theater people. He doesn't know <laughs> how to fucking read lines, sell lines. Yeah, you know? let him go out there and speak his own mind. And even if it's just a simple, you know, they're thing letting to him say. say fake ass bitch. Why right. won't they just let him just talk? Exactly. And that's what's the, the worst thing he could say. I absolutely agree with you. And at this point, he needs to because after what John Cena did to him, if he doesn't come back next week with some sort of shoot response of to define who he is, then he's lost in it. It's just like, there's no point. This, it's The bar has been raised. You can't yeah. play pretend anymore. I agree. All right. So would you like some rumor in innuendo? Yeah, let's do it. So leading up to this moment, everybody has been calculating on the internet, listening to Dave Meltzer, claiming they know what's been going on. Uh-huh. And now all of a sudden, what's happening why are all these changes? Wait, we didn't predict this. So this episode of Raw basically threw everybody off. Yeah. And Well, uh, this is huge. Yes. This promo battle is one of the maybe the biggest thing of the year. Honestly, if Roman is the biggest guy in the company, mm-hmm. then this is a total change of his character. Somebody's actually shooting on him in the ring. Well, apparently the reasoning behind why this is even happening is what threw everybody off because nobody expected, I guess, Roman and Cena to go against each other. Uh-huh. Uh, originally, supposedly, what was in the plans, excuse me, is that um, John Cena was supposed to have a feud with Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns was supposed to take the Intercontinental title from The Miz. Uh-huh. Uh, and possibly, potentially down the road by Summer, or I'm sorry, Survivor Series leading to some sort of match where John Cena and Roman Reigns form a tag team uh, begrudgingly against each other to take on Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, like, but nobody knows that. Nobody knows that, of course. Yeah, that's, that's just what, what the internet thought was going to Well, happen. the reason why that didn't happen, Jason, obviously. I think this is all bullshit. This is, is bothering because... <laughs> this all sounds like bullshit. John like, Cena... Th- these theories are as good as our theories. Yes. But go on. But supposedly and John Cena... And we're right Cena, maybe 20% of the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's generous. That's generous. Um, John Cena, supposedly, he's uh, filming the um, Bumblebee Transformers movie right now. Oh. And after Shinsuke Nakamura dropped him on his neck on SmackDown, I guess the director said he does not want John Cena to do much more... Com- you know, competing. Right, because he's got to do some... So Cena is not able to go all the way He's got to do that fake-ass Transformer shit. Yeah, right. Uh, where you could possibly be, you know, get your head cut off in a car chase scene. 
they did that, right? Hammond, Indiana. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, fuck Transformers. But in any case. Um, also, those movies are bad. They're like, well, yeah. you can't tell who the good and bad guys are. It's just like fucking shit blowing up. Have you yeah, watched just, them? They're bad. No, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Don't waste your time. In any case, so the plan is supposedly was supposed to be Cena. I might watch it with John Cena in it, though. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was looking forward to, Daddy's Home too. but then now it's going to be, like, uh, apparently the grandpas, Mel Gibson and John Lithgow, which, M- Mel Gibson, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I just saw this trailer recently, so it still bugs me, because as soon as I saw it, if you remember, I don't want to spoil Daddy's okay, Home okay. for anybody. I did but... see the trailer for this. Yeah. And John Lithgow, and who's the ma- other guys in it? Well, John Lithgow is supposed to be Will Ferrell's dad. Yeah. And Mel Gibson is supposed to be uh, uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. His dad. Oh, I watched the WrestleMania with Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, perfect. By yes. the way. <laughs> Go on, sorry. Uh, that, God, it's that, so funny. That would be number 10. Yeah, it was 10. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. So, when but he... <laughs> I was disappointed, though, because if I don't want to, spoiler alert, skip ahead if you don't want to know the end of Daddy's Home, the original. But, uh... If you watch that movie, I assume Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Ferrell team up to prevent some catastrophe. They're it's well, a, the story of the odd couple. They return to be there for their children. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, if that's the catastrophe. I mean, every movie like this yeah. has the same ending. Do you not want me to say it? Is that what you're trying to say? No, tell you me? can say it. Okay. Uh, because I loved it. Because Simone and I watched it, and was it good? I mean, good's not the word. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it had fun moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so then the ending, though, it was the, literally the best part. And it's like right before the credits roll. And it's like uh, Mark Wahlberg ends up like getting with somebody else. But now their kid, there's a kid in the mix who has a different dad. Uh-huh. And so the big joke is that, oh, his dad, you know, we're scared of him now. And he comes rolling up on a motorcycle and he takes the helmet off. And me and Simone, both, when we see him, we go... John Cena! <laughs> and it was one of the, my favorite moments that ever happened to me ever. Oh, that's awesome. But so then I see the trailer for Goddamn Daddy's Home 2. No John no Cena. No John Cena. That whole movie should be starring John Cena. Okay. I'll... You know what I saw similar to what you just said? What? The Chaperone featuring Triple H. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H is an ex-con who's now chaperoning a bus ride, but he's still involved in some bank heist and avoiding the cops and his like past to try and be there for his daughter. But he's like in there for the whole movie. He's the main guy. Yeah, so I'm just saying, that's the thing. John Cena just shows up at the end for this punchline, and it's the fucking coolest thing ever. Yeah. And I was hoping that, you know, he would be the star of this sequel, but if anything, he'll have another bit part in it, or maybe... Instead, it's Mel Gibson. Everyone's like, what? Doesn't that guy oh my God. Jews? That's what I'm saying. What? What? Do, after everything with that guy, we're giving him another chance? I, mean, I did it, not get it. I... 2017 is fucking weird. I guess you could sure. just be rich as fuck or... Well, that's why I said, I guess what? Is it, I mean, almost bad timing for Mel Gibson to come back, by the way. But, um... I mean, I, it really does point to Hulk Hogan coming back. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Weird <laughs> shit. If Mel Gibson could come back... Oof. When I saw his... I saw him... I, I did see the preview for that when I saw Spider-Man. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, right? It's like, you, as soon as you see it, you're like... And then Mel Gibson is just... There's no apology. There's nothing. Yeah. He's just like... I guess we're uh, in the in for the long run on this one. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, right. Into the movie. That's already. how they like, play what? it. <laughs> like, this is not normal. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, in any case, um, Cena's going to... He won't be around for Survivor Series. 
is the take on that. Uh, so he, so there's they sped up what they, they sped thought. up what that program was supposed to be. Yeah, um, what people thought it was. And also, to. unfortunately, after last week's uh, happenings with Samoa Joe, he has some sort of injury that's going to keep no. him out. All so right. well, more sadness all around. Fuck. Um, lucky for the Miz. Because <laughs> that would have been the ultimate screw job. I really think, yeah, Miz should hold that Intercontinental Championship for a long time, at least till they get him in a decent feud. They have not really Absolutely. put they him should, up against anyone. He needs yet. somebody worthy and someone who could make that title just as great as he's made it. Someone who's a good talker. They could have some good fucking bouts. Somebody that people believe in. I mean, maybe even, I hate to say it, maybe if it even is Finn Balor at some yeah. point. It at least is somebody that the people hold in high regard. You exactly. Know what I'm saying? But you I know. think Finn Balor is like on the back burner, man. People aren't really pushing him or doing anything with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right about that. Yeah. Um. So that that's the behind the scenes nonsense. That's the reason why wrestling fans didn't know it all. It's because they changed it. Yeah. That's what they do. They change things. And then. So back to the scene here. Uh, Roman Reigns tosses. The, he signs the contract. Tosses the table as you do. <laughs> and uh, so they're about to. It's so funny because it is almost a cliche. Yes, exactly. And so that poor guy has to come and clean up all the papers. <laughs> well, they don't. They're that's the funny part too is that you just the the big bold blocky print on them is so funny. Somebody once zoomed in on it and it just is like giant letters. Like they didn't even bother to make it look like a real contract. Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, any case, it so... just says contract on top. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um. Uh, they're about to fight. It looks like, oh, wait a second. The club wants to come now for some reason. Uh-huh. So um, they said, hey, hate to step in with all these egos, but, um, you know, there's no room for all these. You know, it looks like Cena and Roman aren't good brothers, so they need to be taught a lesson by a couple of good brothers. Uh, they're going to march in the ring and beat up a couple of nerds. nerds. Right, exactly. So then Angle says, hey. He's like, you are what you eat, and then he eats a bunch of candy. <laughs> <laughs> Then Angle's like, huh, hey, you guys, coming down here, interrupting this moment. You're going to have a tag team match now with these two, just like you said. So, yeah, for so some reason. Who's having the tag team? John Cena and Roman Reigns are now going to team up to, to take on the club. Why? They hate each other. Yeah, we. this is the thing that was so what? took you out of it. It's just like... What? How do you ruin it more than that? <laughs> You're building a bitter feud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, they have to be on the same team? Now, to be fair, kudos to them for not blowing off such a big match. But also, not acceptable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is... Just don't have a match. Just have a stare down and move on. Yeah, if anything, Kurt when, Angle, like... You when know. Roman was going against The Undertaker, they did a stare down. They did... Uh, somebody got speared, somebody got choke slammed, and then they had the match. That was it. Right. Do that. That's all you have to do. It's literally so easy. Kurt Angle got, you know, he could have gotten in the middle of him and like, hey guys, save it for No Mercy. Yeah. You know, and that would have legitimately been enough because both these guys would have had at least some respect for Kurt Angle to break it off. For sure. But instead, no, we get some nonsense match. And, um. This should be a, they should wipe the floor with them too. This isn't even a good match in terms of like, the, the club is one of the weakest looking tag teams in the whole company. Oh, yeah. I don't know when the last time they won anything. Now they're going against two of the top guys. Roman Reigns, in fact, has beat up the club single-handedly in the past. that's true. (laughs) This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It's very bad. Yes. While Um, they were tag team champs, Roman Reigns beat them up by himself. 
So Elias is in the ring. Yeah. And he wants to know uh, who wants to walk with Elias. And he says that the battle royal happened earlier. Things didn't go as planned, but he has nobody to blame except everybody in Memphis. <laughs> Elias Samson is the shit. He even did this thing that I couldn't help but get a kick out of. <laughs> where he has this one kind of country rolling riff, like do 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 type of thing. Do do do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did that once. He goes, <laughs> that never gets old. <laughs> that like, always makes me think of that one guy. Uh... Was it Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, all that sliding. Yeah, that's that But like playing of... the same note over and over again. It's just that, yeah, that kind of like roll up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so... funny. That's funny. <laughs> that never gets old. <laughs> I just so love he proud just, of himself. To himself, yeah. It's just like, wow, this guy just keeps getting better. Yeah. So then he says, you know, I can't help but think, remember that. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, used to call me the Elvis of WWE. <laughs> and people are just hating it right now. <laughs> yeah, because they're like old school fans. So like, Dusty Rhodes would have never liked you. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, they're in Memphis. So Elvis, you know. Yeah. And he's like, well, um, and he's right. Because I am the king. <laughs> he says that he walked through Memphis and had a song in his mind. And he's Did Elias Sampson know Dusty Rhodes? Yes. Uh uh, Dusty Rhodes was one of the coaches down in NXT. Oh. So he legitimately coached Elias Sampson and probably had a lot to do with his character. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so he says... Uh, <laughs> so he's, what he does is he starts doing a, um, uh, a parody of Hound Dog. And he says that uh, Memphis ain't nothing but a bad town <laughs> full of rotten people. <laughs> it's just like they're yeah. booing. And he's just getting great booze. Finally, Jerry Lawler steps up off oh, the commentary. Shit. He says, Hey, you better cut it out, Elias, because I'm the king around here and all this bull, you know. So Jerry Lawler. Oh, nice. And people start cheering for Jerry Lawler. You know what? I never realized it, but that's probably why Jerry Lawler did a king gimmick. Is because Elvis is from Memphis and he's the king? It's actually even more coincidence than that. There was oh. a guy who was going to Australia. Uh, to do a tour, and he was a wrestler. And when Jerry Lawler was just starting to become a wrestler, he's like, here, you can borrow my king gimmick while I'm out of town. Oh, okay. And so the dude went out of town, you know, for a while, and Jerry Lawler became Jerry the King Lawler and happened to then become, you know, the legend that he is. Yeah. And when the guy came back, he's like, yeah, that's okay, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing good shit with it. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing about wrestling, right? Every gimmick is just stolen. For the most part, especially those old types of gimmicks. Like, how many kings have there been? Like, yeah. Tons of kings. I was just listening to somebody talk about Gorgeous George. Yeah. And I didn't really know shit about him. Mm-hmm. But they were like, I guess there was multiple Gorgeous Georges alive doing the same gimmick at the same time. Oh, just I bet. in these smaller territories where they, like... They were just ripping off a guy, like, while, like, concurrently running the same character. I mean, all the way up until the 90s, people were trying to pull that stuff off, where... Yeah. I guess, in especially in other countries, where, you know, they would have a fake Undertaker, and, like, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, where... I mean they had it in WWE, they had the Underfaker. Yeah, right. And, mm-hmm. Right, and then they had fake Diesel and... Fake Diesel, uh, fake Razor. Fake Razor. Man, it's, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, it's wrestling's a very fun thing, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, Jay Lawler says... That, uh, hey, you, you know, your voice ain't that bad, but clearly you have trouble relating to your audience. Because the WWE Universe here in Memphis 
doesn't appreciate the lyrics that you're singing. Uh, but I'll give you some help. And it goes somewhere I never would have predicted. Jerry Lawler says, let me introduce you to somebody that maybe all you fans know from South Paul Regional Wrestling. What? <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I knew right away it's Pelvis Wesley. And uh, Pelvis right. Wesley, which character? Heath Slater comes out in a Elvis getup okay. with his nutsack. Very um, bulging. Emphasized, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man. Jeez. So I can't believe they did this. I know. So then he gets love, out. But, dude, why not do a Mankind uh, Dude Love sort of thing with Heath Slater, Pelvis, Pelvis Wesley? Wesley? Right. What? I mean, I don't know. Why not try it? Why not? It worked in the past. <laughs> it, worked, it worked for Mankind. Maybe. They'll do it. They'll, they'll probably ruin it the, like it, they it, mostly do, like uh, how they did the This Is Your Life with Alexa Bliss and ruined it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, if you, yeah, that to that extent, yes. But I mean, look, this was what it was. I was confused why they wanted to do this. I guess they just went full on entertainment with it because there's no value to any of this. So uh, Pelvis Wesley tries to teach Elias how to dance, uh-huh. and Elias actually gets up and goes, "Yeah," and he starts shaking his hips. And then Pelvis Wesley's happy about this, and that's when Elias, of course, hits him, uh, with, the hits him with a, a lariat. Oh, okay. And then he stomps him and hits him with his finish, and then that's it. That's it for the drifter. Yeah. A weird little moment. So you know, do you know about the Rainmaker in New Japan? Yeah, yes, Rainmaker, of course. It's like uh, a, Okada. It's like a, it's like a lariat, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> a friend will watch wrestling with, and when when I see other people, will just do that move in a match sometimes because mm-hmm. it's like it's a lariat, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll grab someone by the... It's a short... You called it a short arm lariat, I heard you it's call it. It's a short arm lariat, yes. Because you grab them by the arm and you pull them into the lariat. Yes. And I'll be like, oh yeah, they just did a Rainmaker. I'll point it out because it's like <laughs> a very rainmaker. normal move in WWE. Well, and I have a friend to watch wrestling with. He always wants to be like, no, that's not really it. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, you're getting worse. Well, what people don't realize about <laughs> Okada's Rainmaker is what really makes it is its setup, which is a tombstone pile driver. Okay. Okada will hit the Tombstone Pile Driver, and that's how you know he's ready for the Rainmaker. <laughs> that's so funny to me that it's not the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing, and is he just doing the Reverse Undertaker? Because uh. under because Undertaker did Lariat from Hell, right? No, that was uh, the Clothesline from Hell. Clothesline from Hell was uh, Bradshaw. Oh, okay. JBL. All right, so I'm mixing it up. Anyway, I don't know, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Nothing cooler than watching those old WrestleManias. Undertaker in purple gloves. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. dude, the way he looks when he hits the ropes is the coolest you thing ever. You see how far back he goes? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so it's awesome. It's fucking awesome, uh, There ain't nothing like it, man. Watching that old stuff's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Goddamn. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Got to get that network. Um, Miz. Oh, the other thing that really makes yeah. the Rainmaker happen, uh, you know what it is. The make the Rainmaker really hurt the camera pans way back. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, Miz is getting interviewed backstage, and he uh, basically is very upset uh, about the idea of defending the title after uh, uh, one match. He's like, who... I'm sorry. Oh, boy. He's like, who would have the right to have a title match after... A... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Zoom tight. <sighs> Thank you. 
All right. Um, we'll get our editors on editing those sneezes out right away. Uh, for just for you guys. Um, yeah. You know all these episodes are highly edited. <laughs> so that he says that... You only get the best. After only one battle royale, who deserves a title shot? They should have to prove themselves with more matches to show that they're truly a contender. And Marie says that she didn't see Jeff Hardy pin anybody. You know, all he did was just be the last person in the ring. Yeah, he was and kind of... Jason Jordan did all the heavy lifting. He really did. Um, but, of course, this is ridiculous. That's the whole point of a battle royale, you know. And Miz is just mad that he hasn't defended against Jeff Hardy. Yeah, he doesn't want to defend it whatsoever. <laughs> let alone against somebody as good as Jeff. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, now Sasha's getting interviewed backstage. And uh, she says that Alexa wants to talk a big game, but running your mouth doesn't make you champion. This isn't Game of Thrones. It's Monday Night Raw. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what makes you champion in Game of Thrones is running your mouth. <laughs> what is she talking about? Yeah, there's a lot more going on. Uh, believe me. Um, so Bliss uh, can talk all the trash she wants, but she's gonna get gonna get the fight of her life uh, tonight and uh, put in her place. And the entire universe will chant, "You tapped out." After the bank statement. Ah. So there you go. We're going into uh, our main event shortly after this real quick ad. Starring Seamus and Cesaro. Seamus and Cesaro are sitting in the stands of an empty arena, just hanging out before the show, and uh, they're disagreeing on something, you know, in that way of like, hey, God, we're such buddies, but so so different, you and I, all uh. these opinions we have. And oh, wait, thankfully this this uh, backstage assistant is bringing us something we can both agree on: delicious Burger King Whoppers. <laughs> is obviously a meal that both Seamus and Cesaro eat. Uh, you can tell. They look like people who eat Whoppers. Yeah. They definitely, yeah. You could tell that those packs are made completely out of fake burger flame, meat. Flame broiled beef. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then so much so that Cesaro points out, he says, oh, you know what? In fact, go get us two more. And Seamus says, you heard him. And then they were like, we're the bar. And then we go to the main event. Alexa Bliss, uh, defend, or no. Uh, Dude, what is, can I ask you this about Seamus? Yeah. What is fella? Fella. What does that mean? I guess that's what Irish people say about, like, that's what, like, instead of saying brother, he calls him fella. Okay. Yeah. So, that, and that just became his thing. All right. Weird. Seamus has fans, huh? You know, that has been the the number one question for, I feel like, 10 years now. Because <laughs> <laughs> at first it was like, oh, kids like the way Seamus looks. But I'm not even sure that's true anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that. The one thing we do know, he has fans behind the scenes. Internationally, probably. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, there must be some Irish people who like Seamus, right? Yeah. But I, it's just one of those things. Dave like, is Irish, and he doesn't like Seamus. We're, we're not talking about America. But Dave Irish. likes Finn Balor. Well, everybody likes Finn Balor. Because he's Irish, I'm talking though. about people he from He likes Ireland. him more because he's Irish. From Ireland? Uh, yeah. No, no. I mean, his family. No. Talk about Dave. You know not Dave. good enough. I'm just going to say, not American Irish. That No. Doesn't count. No. If you're American actually... Irish people who are like proud of being Irish might like him. Do you think Aaron Burke likes him? Seamus? He probably does. But <laughs> do you think that they're actually fans of Seamus? I don't, I don't think there's enough contingency of Seamus fans in America. I don't know, man. He gets a lot of shit. He does the commercials. They like lot. him. Yeah. They, the company likes Seamus. I don't get it. I don't get it either, but you know what, though? 
Sheamus does deserve his place in WWE. Yeah, he's, he's a hard working guy. He's a big ass dude. Yes. He when I saw him at house shows, I was really impressed. Yes. I was like, oh, this guy could do shit. And he he cares about wrestling. It's, yeah, he's it's a good wrestler. That's what he's always wanted. So despite his you know kind of cornball nature, he has just that aura that it's like not that likable. Uh, you know, he still has something to give to the business. You know. Yeah. Any case, uh, main event. He's also it's because his uh, his he he looks like one of those fish from the caves. <laughs> those albino cave fish. What? They're born blind and they're pale white. <laughs> they're like the same color as him. You're gonna have to create some sort of side by side. I'll have to make a meme. Tweet that out. <laughs> he uh he he has this his skin looks like these fish I saw in a Discovery Channel <laughs> thing. They're born in caves and they're born blind because it's so dark in there and they have no color in their skin because it doesn't help them right survive because it's just pitch black for these cave fish. That's interesting. Thank you for that. Yep. All right. So moving on <laughs> to the main event. What I'm saying is Seamus would do well in a cave. He probably would. Yeah. <laughs> main event time. Let's wrap up this goddamn Sasha show. Sasha Banks <laughs> is defending her women's championship against Alexa Bliss. In a main event? Yes. Something and... Charlotte said uh, Sasha would never do. There Remember how that was like one of Charlotte's things? I'm a main eventer. It right, was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I like that shit. Totally. She was like the best thing on Raw at the but time. That's kind of a weird statement. What? Considering that Charlotte did main event Raw with Sasha. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh no! I'm sorry. Charlotte used to say that to Bailey. Oh, of course, right. Okay, that makes like, more sense. Yeah. But I believe Bailey I, has main event since then. I could be wrong. She, she. I'm saying, yeah, they all came up since then. That yes. was when Charlotte was the best. And You're right. Here. Charlotte did start the women's division. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think she started the whole women's revolution. Yeah, what did I say? Division? Yeah. God damn it. Even when I'm fucking... <laughs> All right. So, in any case, uh, this... Let's just get ready to end the show because this is the match of the night, in my opinion. This was fucking incredible. You know, you got to give it up to these performers, Sasha and Alexa. They are that high caliber. You know, they know when to turn it on. And when yeah. you're main event in Raw for the championship, that's when you turn it all the way up. And they did that. And, you know, I've seen matches that they've done. And it's like, they're always pretty good. This was all the way... Just going for it, and I love seeing it. Yeah. Um, so that's the match tonight, and with that being said, I'll just tell you how it finished. Or would you like to – I should at least ask you your opinion. Does Sasha finally retain, or does Alexa take the championship back? Man, this is a tough one for me. I feel like I feel like Alexa takes it back, but I don't want her to because mm. I don't like the belt trading. More right. for the belt than anything. Respectable. But I think I've – a concern that they're going to be like, hey, Sasha and Charlotte worked work pretty good when we had no other women except Sasha and Charlotte. Let's do that again. Yeah. And I think that's what they're going to start doing, trading wins, I trading feel like belts. that's definitely the – they booked themselves into that corner. Yeah. And that's what I felt going into this. And uh, truthfully, uh, that's what ends up happening. Alexa Bliss wins with a snap DDT. The DDT actually finishes a match. I'm, I'm into I it. I was very Jay, thrilled by a, that as a well. A single tear fell from Jake the Snake's eye. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, so this was... And it's like, that's the least I've been crying all day. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that documentary about him. <laughs> that um, dude is emotional. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's been through a lot. Yes, he has. Um, 
much respect to Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, yeah. But that's the shit that ruined my image of Razor Ramon too. Yeah. He's just like I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> like like I can't believe this guy supposedly mm-hmm. cost them more than a million dollars in rehab. You ever heard that? Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a unfortunate event, but anyway, uh, kudos to Jake for creating the move that ended this match. That's what. It... Yes, he created it, and it's uh, one of the best uh, finishes, one of the best moves of all time. And uh-huh. I love that Alexa Bliss and Sasha have preserved its greatness here in this match. And uh, you know, all the things they did in this match, ending it with a DDT. It's believable and awesome. And so it also shocks the audience because nobody sees it coming. Yeah. This is what wrestling needs to be. You need to make people believe again. And one way to do it is to do things that they don't fucking expect. Yeah. So, do you think it's Memphis is a good town for the DDT too? Because it's an old school town, I feel like. I, I don't think that, that necessarily history. matters because I feel like the one unfortunate thing about Memphis is that, you know, they had uh, their own thing. And basically with WWE being the number one show... It's like, you know, you're basically, I, I wish I could come up with a good metaphor for it, but you know what I'm saying? It's like you're, you're bringing in, there, there probably are definitely old school fans there, but you're mixing that with the mainstream populace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's there. It's just, you know, like Philadelphia it's gonna be dialed down. all going to be a bunch of angry marks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the ECW. Is yeah. that why? Yes. Yeah. That's why. Which was bigger and more recent. Yeah. Right. Than yes. Memphis. Yeah. Memphis, yeah. Memphis wrestling obviously has its own history. Much uh, money made there. But point is, is that Alexa wins with the DDT. It was awesome. A great match all the way through from beginning to end. What and, is Alexa Bliss's finisher? Is it a DDT? Uh, or maybe it is now? Well, she has incorporated it in the past as a way to uh, finish. So it's not out of the ordinary, but she rarely does it. Her finish is uh, that sparkle splash. I forget what she calls it now. It's like the Bliss something... But it's like a kind of a moonsault off the top rope. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she does like the spin around kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I don't really like that. But yeah. But she does have a, a diverse like move set, which does. I appreciate. Yeah, for sure. And so that's one thing you look forward to in her matches and uh, this championship match. She's a good heel wrestler that. too. She does a lot of submissions. And... Yes. Well, that's, I think getting away from the splash as a heel is a good move. Yeah. Okay, so Alex starts celebrating. The crowd's like, what? Oh, my God. And, you know, there's a lot of people still cheering, though, because they like Alexa. But, of course, it's like, whoa, what a moment. You know, Alexa's regained the championship, and she's celebrating. And that's when her friend Nia Jax comes down, and she's saying, oh, yeah, that's my girl. then she gets in the ring, and Sasha's trying to regain her strength, and Nia just plows, like, past the ref. Boom, super splashes Sasha in the corner, and Sasha just unravels, and it's just crazy intense and uh alexa's like hell yeah that's awesome and naya's like yeah girl you know it you know because like these two are all over youtube like hanging out and shit and, yeah yeah I, i'm in, i'm on instagram yeah you see it all the i time, see him so. on instagram um so then naya uh says you know get up on the turnbuckle girl and show off that title and you know she does and then she picks her up like now she's on her shoulder and like they're celebrating and straight to camera naya's face changes and goes from smiling to just frown, and boom, she just plows Alexa Bliss back onto the mat, and she's just like, oh my god, after the whole match she went through, just taking it, elevator drop, straight to the mat. And of course, Nia gets up, holds the belt, and makes a statement that she will be the one who finally goes after Alexa Bliss. Thank God. And that's how the show ends. Thank God Nia Jax's character makes sense for the first time in her whole history. 
it's funny you say that because I totally agree, and this was a great ending for me. Like I feel like I got enough in this show to really enjoy it. Fully. Yeah, and also we're not going to trade wins with Sasha yes, and Alexa exactly. forever. We Fuck that. On. But the crowd also freaked out and cheered when Nia turned on Alexa Bliss. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, Alexa? Fine. Yeah, go after the gold. You are the most dominant yeah. wrestler in Nia the women's division. Nia can definitely division. take out Alexa. No question. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's again, now the crowd's intrigued. They have something to look forward to. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to give this show, it's a little difficult to say, I think the fair grade is a C. Coming back from an F can be a difficult thing to do. There were some highlight moments in here that could deserve better than a C, but overall, mm, just kind of a C show. Uh, so, with that being said, it's a C. The match of the night, of course, goes to the main event, the Women's Championship. And with that being said, Jason Melton, who do you think deserves the Raw's Melton job of the week? Well, I think there's no question the club. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think it may maybe it's Sasha that created a belt change and a story develop from. I don't know, because she's bowing out of the contendership. I assume, or I imagine she'll wrestle Nia next episode, and then Nia will get the contendership. Something, and then that's no mercy. Nia versus Alexa. Or maybe they'll do a triple threat match. That seems actually the most likely. Ah, I hate it. Oh, I it's not. cursed. They're going to do a triple threat match, and Alexa and Sasha are going to have to team up to beat Nia, and then ugh, they're going to do some dumb shit. Yeah, I'm not Sorry, I'm starting to see the fucking... That's not a good way to go. I know. I'm starting to see the bullshit they tend to do, though, so I'm worried about it now. I mean, that's fair to guess. Especially, too, when we need to clarify... Uh, who's a babyface between Nia and Alexa. And honestly, I'm almost in favor of saying turn Nia face because yeah. it seems that the crowd got pretty excited by that turn and it was for the better. So Alexa's a pretty solid heel. Now, I think they're going to make her like a brawn, though. They're going to make a her beast, like yeah. a, a beast who, like. Oh, kind of neither. Yeah, yeah. kind of neither. Like Brock, Braun, and Roman, I guess. Roman, they want him to be, but I don't think. I think he's really a heel. Without them realizing it. Anyway, who lost tonight? It might be Sasha, I guess. But well, I gotta tell you, there's really no other significant the battle losses royale besides count. Seth Rollins losing to Cesaro. No, and no. Um, I mean now Mickey James has to tweet whatever Emma wants. That was huge. Oh my god. So. <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna give it to Sasha. Absolutely, Sasha deserves it. Um, and you know what? Her, her. Um, streak of losing after immediately winning is standing standing strong nice what a great record to hold <laughs> she's a five-day champion yeah. is she a five-time champion how long did she hold the belt for she held that for SummerSlam was last seven Sunday? or eight days good lord all right <laughs> there we go I guess it would depend on when you count day one, right? So. Yeah. Will they ever have two women's belts? They have three. They have three? Yeah. Smackdown, Raw, and NXT. Oh. 
I bet that one show. And they also have the Mae Young Classic, which I watched all the first round. How was it? I was one to watch it. It's fantastic. And you know what? There's so many good prospects in there. It's almost a shame, really, because it's like one of those things of like, you know, kind of the cruiserweight thing. It was like you have your favorites, but you kind of know they're not going to make it to the end because they're so good. With this one, it's like, God, there's so many. It's like you want your favorite to make it to the end, but then it's like, wait, but like this one, like this woman's also awesome. So well, what like, happened with There's the, just so many awesome with, characters in the mix. Well, with the Cruiserweights, they got their own show, and like almost all of them got yeah, the Yeah, I really but, hope. Of course, in the rumor mill is that gonna there be will a be a woman's show. show. Becky Lynch has been like really like, I guess – getting on about it like trying to yeah. you know and obviously for her that would work out it's gonna be like glow or something they're gonna try and like well, ri- i mean ride the success of glow hey this is popular right now a women's division the simple answer to that is yes <laughs> but the more accurate answer i believe is that we're looking at the wwe network right and now yeah. they have so much time to fill they have such a huge roster and you know obviously the idea of these opportunities not being able to be given to you know, that many people, especially the women's division, you know, as far as time available on television is just the case that they face. So for a long time, a lot of fans, including myself, have wanted to see a, an all-women show in yeah. WWE, and a, this is the perfect time to do it, now with the Mae Young Classic. Uh, so there All right. you go. With well, that being said, uh, It's speaking... time for your Object of Desire. <laughs> Who do you choose to win the Object of Desire Award this week? <laughs> Um, yes. So uh, now this that one we've said some respectful things about women. Let's let's talk about how they look. <laughs> yes. Let's muddy the waters. Um, any case, uh, yeah. I um, thought long and hard about this because <laughs> you thought hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. I was. Yeah. I was. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, now. Um, no. Um, it was difficult, but I'm gonna have to say I give it to. Sasha. Sasha. Sasha, she did something a little special with her hair. It was kind of like uh, yeah. crimped up a little bit, so it had like kind of some sweet waves. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm just especially attracted to her. And, uh, yeah, I thought that she was looking mighty fine. All right. So this week on Object of Desire, uh, Jim chose to objectify Sasha Banks. One more for the Spanks Bank. Yeah, dude. Put that in the Spank Banks. This robot drummer who I made this song with is amazing. He really is good. So with that being said, uh, great job. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I feel like I'm excited for where these stories are going. We have two big main events to look forward to at No Mercy and a potential new story for the women's division as well as possibly uh, – no, not the, not the tag team division. That's pretty much – maybe the Intercontinental is what we're looking at. But – um, so think, the point is that the seeds are being sown, and we might see some growth, hopefully, uh, for maybe. I think it's amazing how well they got back on track with this yes. episode. Yes, yes, yes. I like, I'm interested in the women's division all of a sudden. Cena and Roman, I was almost interested in until they did the club thing. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you almost have to ignore that. Yeah. Because it was all about the shoot uh, uh what, what the promo, the, the, promo the shoot promo, yes, uh, uh, that was really what it was all about. And again, uh, are they going to let Roman step up to the plate? Yeah. That's the real question. They did that battle royale, a kind of 
established a bunch of stuff at once. Yes, you true. know, yeah. Jason Jordan looks good. We got the Finn Balor, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt feud, and we got a new Intercontinental challenger, Jeff Hardy. A very well booked uh, um, battle royale. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, kudos to them for coming back from such a what was almost a purposefully bad episode. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But um, you know, but that's the thing is that we're leading into a new season, so. I'm hoping that these feuds will be exciting. You know what sucks? Is I love Matt Hardy. I wish that they were doing something with him. I guess that's the one thing I feel bad. Because he does that thing where he hits your face on all the turnbuckles. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, that's you what know, I was just thinking about at the end here. That's another guy where that's going to have to be, we're going to see how it shakes out. Because I think next week, the probably the number one thing that just you and I. I also like how he walks like there's something up his butt at all times. He's bow-legged. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. That's why he looks that way. Um, but any case, does that mean he was malnourished as a kid? I don't know what it means. It just I mean, means that's that typically his knees, what that means. And so he has to kind of walk like. Um, you see, the, I know what you're talking about. It's the way he walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because he's bow legged. Oh, okay. Um, any case, what was this? Oh, okay. uh, the intercontinental title match is definitely probably going to be the number one thing to be interested in about next week. So, all right. Uh, we love your thoughts on that, Raw Dogs. Yeah, what do hit you us think? up. So on Twitter, Dave you know Wrestling, it, Captain and, J Melton, mm-hmm, and uh, the uh, Patreon is what would yeah, yeah. just go ahead and send all your Patreons to us. We would appreciate it. Venmo me at Jason Hyphen Melton Hyphen Four. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go ahead and GoPro that you know live stream, and we're gonna make sure that it's uh, yeah. trending. We should GoPro us watching uh, wrestling. We'll just wear GoPro helmets <laughs> and like it'll be us at like you know no mercy. <laughs> Facebook Live, baby. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. All right. Yeah, that's what you get on Patreon. But hey, thanks for listening to this. We'll come out with another episode next week. Bye. Penguin uh, escaped and went back and taught them all how to dance.